Reader Mail. For the month of August. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlaySix podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you lucky August. Hello and welcome oh. to Triangle Squared. <laughs> Let me turn that down. Sorry for the echo. All right, Saul. You did, did you give us our lucky? You, you, just, well, you said uh, episode August. Episode August. Oh, no, I said lucky August. Lucky uh, August reader mail. We are doing this thing a little bit differently, as you guys can tell by the setup. We are live streaming on Twitch. Uh, I think we're going to start doing some more live streaming and such. Uh, for stuff like this, though, we won't be interacting a whole lot with anybody watching until after. We'll hang around for a couple minutes just to interact with everybody and uh, hang out. But um, and we're just going to kind of keep it structured, kind of fairly uh, professional, similar to the regular episodes where our live streams are a little bit more off the limits of everything. And, um, Brett, you do want to go ahead and change this to talk shows real quick instead of Death Gambit. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we did stream Death Gambit, and uh, you guys can see that. Uh, we just, with this being uploaded on Friday, uh, for those that aren't watching live right now, you guys can see that on our channel. We had some good fun and uh, some fun chat interaction. And like, like we said, we definitely are going to be streaming a little bit more and trying to figure out ways to work that into episodes. So if you uh, have any questions or anything of that nature, let us know because we are interested in helping out and, uh, and, taking advice and stuff from you guys if y'all want to see certain things and see live streams we uh, we have a couple things planned here real soon uh this episode's gonna go up on friday tomorrow saturday it should uh be around 3 30 uh central time maybe four we're gonna be doing a uh, showdown on on uh twitch where me and brett are gonna compete against in three games destiny 2 uh gran turismo and justice 2 uh kind of a game from every genre and uh one of our loyal fans has promised us a Vita for the winner and uh, that's going to be kind of fun and we thought you guys may like that so we're going to be having a uh, a good old time and uh, so there yeah, we it, go. it may just be a little bit different and I think Brett finally got us changed over on the Twitch side but yep so but, if you are joining us for the first time for some reason when you're watching this either on uh, Twitch with us or if you're watching us on other uh, you know, YouTube or whatever, then we are usually posting a new episode every Monday at uh, 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. Our normal episodes uh, are us covering all the things from the weekly news, things that come out uh, game-wise, uh, and of course our uh, thoughts on different topics that rotate out uh, sometimes from users, uh, different listeners who, who uh, suggest things that we like so much that we want to make it into a topic, uh, or things that we see in the news that we'd like to talk about. Uh, and from there, we... Oh, uh, upload to hey yep we're streaming world then so like we said we're not going to be doing a whole lot this is going to be reader mail so we're not going to do a lot of interacting um except for after we get through we'll we'll kind of sparse in here and there and respond with certain things possibly but we're going to kind of try and keep it structured anyway you can only find us on youtube if you like what we're doing over there give us a subscribe hit the little bell you'll see our new episodes as they come out uh, every monday at the bare minimum with our normal show uh if you want to find us on podcast services you can do so there if you listen to us on itunes consider giving us a review helps people uh see what we're about see if we're good or not and of course helps people find us a little bit better and it gives us an idea of what you like about the show and what you don't like um i actually need to go check on those uh it's been a while since i've checked on them uh saul they can also find us on twitter right they sure can over at triangle sqrd we often do uh reader bell questions that you're gonna guys are gonna see here in which wednesdays and fridays we post uh, a question or a, not a question but a tweet and you guys can respond with your questions and we answer three from twitter every episode and one from facebook currently we may be changing that around a little bit soon with uh 
maybe two from Facebook, two from Twitter, you know, and we'll uh, we'll kind of change that up in a little bit. But then, of course, monthly, the first Friday of every single month, you guys will see us here and we'll be talking and uh, hanging out, answering all the questions that we did not get to answer on the show. So anytime you guys ask us a question on uh, Twitch or not Twitch, Twitter or anything like that. We, of course, will uh, we'll never forget it. We put it in a file, and we save them for days like today, where we'll always answer all of them. Yeah, my computer's being a punk. I don't know if it's that or if it's our Wi-Fi, but thankfully it looks like we're streaming all right. So that's all we really need to be able to do from there. Like we said, this is where we take all of our reader mails and, and put them together. So I was a little bit in and out there because I'm trying to figure out my computer. I don't know if you covered that. But yeah, we are going to hop into our reader mail questions. These are all the ones we didn't get to in our normal episodes. Uh, if you... Uh, if you watch our normal episodes uh, and keep up with us on Twitter or on Facebook in our newly minted Facebook group, uh, Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, you can find us over there uh, if you like a little bit uh, more controlled conversation. You can also find us in our Discord. I don't know if Saul mentioned that or not. Um, oh, no, I didn't. We always put the link for our Discord in, in the pinned tweet on our Twitter and uh, in the description of our videos on YouTube. Yep. So you guys uh, can So anyway, there are ways for you to get reader mail questions to us, and there's a chance that we'll read them live during – or live. We'll, we'll read them while we're recording the episodes, which will occasionally be done live uh and then other times we'll just compile them into here so salt let's start with the first one mr el tabib long time always gives us good questions it says hey guys hope all is well what do you think about idle animations any favorites keep up the excellent work uh thanks for the question i actually yeah, love this you. one i remember when you initially asked it and i was wanting to i'm curious what saws are because i think anybody who's heard me talk for uh about games that i love uh, would probably be able to guess that mine, uh, most of mine come from Crash Bandicoot. Um, Crash Bandicoot 1 through 3 have got great idle animations. The way that the games uh, end up working that into where uh, it's basically set up to... No oh, man, Gotta this have is going crashes. all sorts of weird. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, the way that the, the game does that is it's like you have little parts of... He'll be standing there for long enough, and he'll start doing a little dance or something. And, you know, the the famous dance where he does a little leg shake, leg shake, leg yeah. shake, and then, like, turns around and looks at you. Uh, I love that. Uh, there's one where he'll yo-yo, and he'll, he'll be yo-yoing around, and eventually he'll lose control of it, and it'll spin up around him. Yeah. I love that one. There's one where he throws up a wumpa in the air, and he's like, waits forever, and then eventually it's like he forgets about it, and it comes down and splats on his yep. face. I remember that one, Great. too. That, that, and actually, fantastic. Yeah, and I want to... And at a, just because the game lends itself so well to it, um, the other part of that is death animations. I think Crash Bandicoot has some of my favorite death yeah, animations. Whether it's too. getting squashed or frozen to death, they're yeah, all getting squashed and being a little pancake is funny. Uh, falling into a hole and just your shoes flying out, getting hit by like uh, getting running into a crab and having a little angel crash and go up. It's great. I mean, that game has got. That game, it was a really interesting interview that they did with uh, the original creators for the game, but they were talking about like their inspiration was cartoons, and that makes a ton of sense because that show, it makes me think of all the stuff they used to do back in like Looney Tunes and stuff like that, all the over-the-top animations for small things that happen, but it's super memorable and fun, and I love that. Uh, Saul, what are yours? Uh, Ocarina of Time is good for sure. Just the way Link will stand there every now and then and kind of whip out the sword, just kind of slash it around and... Uh, it just kind of examines his out areas. It's pretty cool too. Uh, sure. I do like uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's not like up there, up there with like favorites or anything, but I definitely have to give a nod to uh, GTA Five. Just every now and then, you'll be standing around and it'll go to first person, and um, you'll be looking around and stuff, and then you'll just have people come by saying stuff to you, and it, it could be quite hilarious. But yeah, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker has some good ones too. 
Um, so those those are up there real for sure with me. I don't really pay a lot of attention to a lot of idle movements of any kind. Um, and I actually now with this question, we'll start paying more attention to them because uh, who knows what I'm missing in light of uh, I think those it's, movements. It's interesting the way that both of us play games. I think every now and then I see you leave your game up while you do something else. And I do every now and then. So, I, But there's a lot of games there. I mean, I love the animation. I mean, I just, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't remember there being any excessive idle animations in uh, Little Big Planet, but the animations that you can control yourself are great. Right. Uh, and that's a game that gives you control of animations in a very different way than just like, well, yeah, of course, if you run, you're going to run. But you know what I love about Little Big Planet? Do you ever play it enough to know that like you can make your character, uh, the directional pad was like your um, your mood, so you could be happy, sad, crying, Like, and there was three levels of each one? No, I guess I did. It's incredibly fun. And then, of course, being able to control your arms means that you can really just set up how you want your character to look in the moment, and like you can slap each other and it makes those games really fun and it's uh, one of those things where animations really help sell something uh, and I love animation so it's a great question I like that it one is. That, and that, that's one that makes you think out of the box uh, yep. he does have another one though real quick and we, we uh, anytime we post a uh, Twitter or Twitter uh, message about this that uh, he's always one of the ones that always ask us the great questions and I really like this one he says, uh, in light of Cyberpunk 2077 recently showing at E3, and talk about the body augmentation as a level up in the game. If you are able to augment only one body part, which one would you do? Would you do it at all? And uh, of course, he says, thanks. I have a great one, as El Chabib always ends a message with. So thank you, El Chabib, for the kind words, as always. So Brett, if you could augment one part of your body, what would you do? Man, that's a really hard question to answer because I feel like anytime you go with one, you'll think of a better reason for another one. I'm trying to think like, because, you know, I think some people are like, oh, I want to be super strong in one arm or I want to be, you know, but one or arm something could, like could, that. Like one arm to me is better than one leg. Oh, yeah. I feel like one leg is too awkward. Well, maybe, but what if, like, you know, I guess I think about it like you can run faster so you can get out of crazy situations and stuff like that. Like, There's can that. You? Because but, I don't think your, your other leg can carry the momentum. I don't know. I mean, when you think about what running is, I mean, yeah, you may be right. You may trip over yourself if you do I that. I think you would. Maybe. That's imagine, a good point. Imagine one of your legs is just tiny and the other one's big and try to run with like a toothpick versus just regular. I could see that. If it I was actually, the, the more I think about it, and, I, and it's, it's a mixture between, you always think about like what senses would you want to keep around and I'm going that directly, you know, that route. Uh, it's always like a really big, uh, you say that. It's like, you don't, you, th- you think about senses in such a weird way, but going more towards the ones that aren't so physically based uh, in terms of like that you touch and you can feel and you go, okay, this is what this is. Uh, it's always like, you know, would you rather be blind or would you rather be deaf? Like deaf. If you, if you some reason had to choose that this is going to happen to you. And that's a hard question to answer because without eyes, I couldn't play video games, which we obviously love. Right. Um, but without, sound, but without ears, I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't hear the sound effects of a game. I couldn't hear the audio design and the and the great like when we're playing Death's Gamut, we're talking about how great the original soundtrack is. Those are things that you would miss over. Yeah. But which one matters more? Like, well, you know, video games for sure it, is something that like you had to sacrifice soundtrack because you wouldn't be able to play video games blind that well. I know there are some like uh, there is some ways you can get around it and such with certain games. Uh, hey, that are made specifically It's for interesting, that. but I'm trying to think, of, you know, if you just take it out of the gaming thing, if I had to think of one thing I'd rather, I think I'd rather either, I'm, I'm trying to choose between an eye or an ear, because like one of the good things about having an augmented ear is that you would never have to worry about going deaf. Like you have an augmented ear. Yeah, I guess no matter so. what you do, you wouldn't go deaf. You know what I mean? Well, I mean it's like you have the ability. Because like me and Blaze, you know, when you're when you're doing music stuff and like really getting into it, and like we were doing for like a full year, a little bit more. Um, 
you know, we were practicing multiple times a week and recording and going out to the shop and not wearing any ear protection, just being super light, super loud. Because of course, that's what's right. going to happen. You have drums right beside you. You're cranking the guitar so you can get over the drums a little bit, uh, and and we're, so we can all hear each other. We have a, a vocal microphone set up. We're yelling, and then we go to concerts sometimes. I'm like, me and Blaze have had a much more conscious effort lately, where we're like. All right, we need to wear hearing protection. Right. Like the last concert we went to, I was like, we're going to have earplugs and make sure we have them. And it made the experience better because I didn't feel so bad when I left. Well, yeah. normally I'm like, yeah, that was fun, but headache. Ring and, ears. Yeah. So it's not fun. I, I have one of those things. I'm a little like worried about going deaf um, because like, I deal with my grandpa who can't hear for crap. Yeah. And, it, and I'm like, oh man, I really don't want that to ever be the problem. But at the same time, going blind would be awful. And again, I guess, you know, would I want to see with just one eye if something happened to my other one? It, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Though, but I'm trying to think of, you know, the when they're augmented, you're like, well, yeah, what, well, your limitations are gone, right? Right. I was so, like, is it limitless or not, though? Then you're going to think outside of that. Well, you have the ability to not lose it necessarily. But what about the what it adds if you just have both? Having one eye that can, like, super zoom in on something and, like, read something crazy from far away or no, keep would, up with something from far away. Know, but it feel like, out. yeah, but it... it also, the thing is, I don't know that I'd want to feel like I'm invading someone's privacy like that. But at the same time, if I can hear, then it's like you're eavesdropping from anywhere. But ha- being able to hear, no, I'm going to say, say hearing. Cool. Yeah, now that you said that, hearing is definitely no go for me because ignorance is bliss. You don't hear what everybody's hearing talking about around you, you. Yeah, you have an augmented ear, and suddenly you can hear the whispers of the Illuminati. I mean, also just imagine what an augmented ear looks like. I mean, I imagine it'd be like a, it'd be, you wouldn't have an augmented ear. You'd have an augmented cochlear implant or something. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it would actually be like, it would be an implant, of course, but your ear would be all metal. I mean, that may be cool. I would go arm. Hard to say. Because let me think about it. If you need to lift like up a car, you know, and you have that one arm that can do it. You don't need both arms at that point. You just lift up one, just like you lift up a bag of groceries. If you get into a fight, you don't need both arms. You know, the harder part of all this is, is everybody says one body part. One body part doesn't do anything. If you have an arm that's... Okay, so let's just say, that technically, this is one body part, think, right? Think of Winter Soldier. Yeah, but it's not... But that's an entire arm. That's not one body part. That's an... Like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff going in. That's why I'm saying it's a but hard I mean, question to answer. That's what I'm talking about. If I said arm, I'm talking about from shoulder cuff down to hand. Okay, well, then what's... What, what I'm getting at is, like, what's causing the... When you have a whole body of it, it makes sense. But if you just have an arm that's super strength, what's causing you the ability to be able to lift this up? It's augmented. Every bit of this. I'm sure this... there's pistons in there that do that or something. Okay, so, but you're talking about being able to lift up a car. Well, this arm is attached to my body. Can my arm, like, where, where the thing is attached to my body, can it support the weight of that car? This is a futuristic setting. <laughs> These are what I'm saying. These are hard I mean, I'm questions. I'm sure it answer. could. Just I don't like, know. Just, it's... Arm's obviously a good answer. I'm not, yeah. I'm just saying it, it's. It's like the leg thing again. It's like, is it going to imbalance you badly or is it not going to worry about it? Like, I'm just saying like, it's where your super arm is really useful. Like you have things that are obviously like, okay, you could throw a football better than anybody. Cause that's not going to put extra stress on you in a weird way. But like the parts where it'd be most cool to use, like I say, lifting a car up or saving someone from like a crazy crap happen. Like, you know, a building's falling over and you catch a gigantic concrete thing. Well, your body's still underneath that arm. It doesn't work well, that way. Something like that also like a uh, pure concrete slab yeah but a building is just gonna fall but you see people do you. that all the time i mean like the winter soldier is a perfect example but there's still a body behind there yeah i know but you know if, if you imagine something like good that, question but, and yeah, good, good answer question. i think arm's a good answer but i'd want to go with something that's more useful outside of physicality and that's where i think like an ear would be cool because like can you imagine hearing things in music that no one's no, ever heard i don't want i don't want to i don't want that power like i don't want to be able to hear stuff that it's not supposed to be heard i don't know if it's, it was supposed to be heard, then you would know. You would hear it. 
But if it was, I would be cool though because augmented eye would give you the ability to record memories that like you're really sitting there and you're like, okay. I, that's I, what makes memory so good though, right? Is you, like, that you can remember the roast, them differently than yeah, what they actually yeah, were. Yeah, the roasting of glasses. That's true. So, but uh, that's a fantastic question. Don't you be able to like that question? It's a question that can go so deep in questioning. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you pick another one? Because we do have a couple more from LGB, but we're gonna uh, yeah, get let's, some let's do something else. Uh, Mr. Dan Grubbs says, uh, I think it's supposed to be Grubbs, by the way. I don't know if I no, remember I, the way he did his things, but that's okay. Uh, what game character could you see yourself becoming good friends with if you were able to meet them, and why? We've answered this question before. Oh, have we? Yeah. Uh, we basically, it was in the form of a side quick, but we kind of answered it like who would be the most fun to hang out with. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I mean, of course, I you said, think about, because like, well, it's like what sidekick. So I was actually kind of keeping it to sidekick. So, but uh, Nathan Drake seems like he'd be super funny. I, li- I would like his uh, attitude with everything. So I think I'd like him. That seems like a pretty good answer. I did um, spell his name right, by the way. I just, I don't know how to do the fancy you. Oh. oh, well. Yeah. Let's ignore the last name now. No, it doesn't matter. That's not his real last name. Oh, okay. That's why he does it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, yeah, it's a nickname for him. Uh, let's see. I think uh, Nathan Drake's a good answer for me. I really, I think I'd like that. He's got a mm, kind of personality yeah. I'd like. But then again, you think, I, I think it'd be cool to meet, like, you say that. I think somebody like Sora may be cool. You know? I'm still going to say with 9S. Super Chipper. Yeah, 9S. 9S would be cool, too, I think. That's a good one. See, now... Uh, I feel like I'm louder than you. This is going to be one of the parts in which I do reference the chat just briefly, because uh, World End says augment the brain. Now, that I'm going to assume that's off-limits. Now, yeah, that's what I'm getting at, too, because it's also... Because augmenting the brain is the perfect answer, right? Realistically. Right. I thought about that, too, but I was like, I feel like that's outside of... Yeah. I don't know. So I'm going to stick with 9S Hey, guys, am one. I louder than Saul? I feel like I'm clipping over here more often than he Well, is. you're just naturally louder than I am. I know that, yeah. So. It's kind of hard to keep up with. I think I accidentally bumped the volume knob. So if I am, let me know. But um, let's see. Next question we have. Which gaming genre is uh, would you now say is the most popular? Is it still FPS or something else? Uh, thanks to Mr. Sean One Neo, a.k.a. No Fate. Um, now, this is a weird question because I don't really think that Battle Royale is considered a genre. I mean, if it isn't, it should be. But Battle Royale, definitely right now. And then right behind it is first-person shooters because you still have stuff like Counter-Strike um, and it's weird because uh, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 4 is coming out in just a month, and one of the most popular streamers in the world picked it up uh, and has been playing on stream and talked about how much he loved it. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much these streamers influence buyers. And I think that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 will be on top because of what he's doing right now. I think Call of Duty Black Ops 4 will jump above Fortnite. Mm, yeah, that, That's the whole reason Fortnite got popular. Was because of streamers. That game was out I, way yeah. longer than it was until it got popular. So like when you, on PS4, even. Well, you're so, talking about Fortnite, right? Yeah, right. And, but it, it was but, out for a couple good months before it became real popular. Yeah, but it was the gaming mode that they did that that caused it. So. No, no, no. I'm talking about the battle royale mode was out for a good couple months before it became that popular. Like as popular as it is now, and it was mainly not only because it was free, but because a lot of the popular Twitch streamers that everybody we're goes doing and watches, it. sure, yeah, we picked it up. And you got to think about the genre because of the landscape we're in for gaming now. The the genre that is prevailing on. Uh, on Twitch tends to be the genre that prevails in general. Uh, and I think, so right now I think it's obvious to say that first person shooters are still doing really well. Oh obviously, yeah. Number, but I number think, two for sure. I think it, 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 like it obviously comes down to being third person shooters right now. Uh, and that's also because of, uh, if you think about all the game, third person shooters, is hard to say, but realistically third person shooters would be the way to say, because a lot of games fall into third person shooter anyway. I mean, if you really think about it, uncharted, 
is third person action adventure, but there's a lot of shooting mechanics. I wouldn't in really it. call that the popular orders, right now, though. I wouldn't call any of these popular. Man, right now. I say they are, but I mean at the same time, it's 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 getting out of it's third person that involves some form of shooting because Horizon is technically that. Uh, what's it? Um, Tomb Raider's technically. He's that. saying what is the most popular though? That's what I'm saying. I, I think wouldn't, I wouldn't consider. I think those. that if I had to say a genre, man, I mean third. Uh, well, okay, really you, the you genre could say action action it, shooter. It gets it gets hard because in a way I want to say RPGs because everything has RPGs in it, like RPG elements in it now. But it's not a yeah. full genre, so it's that's why I don't want to necessarily say that. I don't know. I feel like. So what was your answer? I was going to say if Battle Royale is considered a, battle, a genre, Battle Royale. If we're going to give sure. it a genre, then Battle Royale. Yeah, and then sh- the first person shooters are right behind it. But what is? But that's why I say Battle Royale is still part of a genre because it's bat- all the Battle Royale games are technically third person shooters, right? But until until Call of Duty comes with their version, well, of PUBG it, which is, is both. Uh, PUBG can be both. You're right. H1Z1 is both. So realistically, the only major one, Fear the Wolves, is both. Or Fear the Wolves, I think, is only first person. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but only only one that's not really is Fortnite at this point. I see. So we're gonna we're gonna inject a couple of questions from the. This is actually because this is one of the cooler ways of doing it live. We're not just gonna talk a, a bunch back and forth, but we'll acknowledge some things. So uh, one thing we'll do is we'll inject a question in here from the Stoner. It says, "Do you guys think Naughty Dog Games will ever come out with Jack Force since they are done with Uncharted series and almost done with The Last of Us too? No, I don't know. I feel like it's a no because of Neil. I don't feel it, like it is. It's one hundred percent because of Neil. I, I I don't. I think it's it's not grounded enough to be what Neil wants to work with, which is where some of my fear about about them going towards a sci fi would be, is if he'd want to go that far away. But it's hard to say because I mean, it's I don't know. I feel like he could. You could make it incredibly grounded, but it's still going to be set in a world that's. I, I guess by doing a Jack Four, you'd risk alienating the people who liked the previous ones by changing it too much. So if you was going to go to somebody, I'd almost think it needs to go away from Naughty Dog and to a developer that wants more to carry on. Vicarious Visions? Maybe. I was thinking like maybe even Sanzaru Games, but uh, because... I could, I could kind of see that. They handle the Sly Cooper series so well. And I, it's like this. I don't think that Sly Sucker... Sly 3 was made by them, right? No, Sly 4 was. Four, Sly 3, right. 1, 2, and 3 were all Sucker Punch. But here's right. the thing. Sucker Punch have moved away from that. I, I think if you would have tried pulling Sucker Punch off of Infamous 2, trying to go directly back into Sly 4, I don't think it would have worked as well. well Whereas when you have people who are dedicated to what Sly was and they're trying to find a way to iterate upon that but keep it true to its spirit, it's just the focus of the developers shift around in time. So. And uh, it may be because I didn't grow up close to uh, Sly Cooper. I didn't grow up with him at all, actually. I didn't get into Sly Cooper games since I was a teenager. Now, but, this is um, interesting. Go ahead, sorry. But yeah, I was going to say that uh, the way they took over 4, it was such a seamless like, job well done, in my opinion, that you didn't realize it wasn't Sucker Punch. Exactly. Most that's people, how they did it. Yeah, and that's if how you it, don't follow the evidence, exactly. Exactly. And that's how Jack 4 should be. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting, because I want to ask him real quick. Uh, World, did, they, did Naughty Dog actually specifically say their next game will be a space game? I haven't been able to find anything that actually confirms that. Of course, there's been rumors over and over again, but uh, I'd be interested to see that. And if you have an article, uh, if you wouldn't mind sending it to me, I'd like to read about that. Sure. So while um, we uh, while we wait on that, we have the next question, and it's thoughts on VOGT Roberts taking Metal Gear to the big screen. Dreamcasting. Can it be the next great video game film? P.S. I'll defend the first Mortal Kombat movie till death. And that's from our boy Mikey. Um, casting... We, me, me, and I think I've told you this. Me and Joe have sat around for hours trying to cast the perfect Metal Gear Solid movie. I did not know it's this. It's not possible. It's no. just not. Every time, no matter what, there is always a downfall because obviously you want to get. Um, oh man, I'm having a blank. David Hater. David Hater, Snake. I had a feeling. But have you seen him lately? No. No um, way can that guy play Snake right now. 
Is the he way he is overweight. Looking. A little overweight. His hair is kind of gone. Yeah, he's kind of hit that point to where, like, it would t- like. Do you remember four? Well, but where where are you doing Metal Gear Solid at? You know, I mean, even then though, it's like he still he doesn't look nothing like old Snake. If anything, did you saw you played four, so you remember him dressing yeah. up as Snake live yeah. action in the game. It worked well. Yeah. So back then, David Hayter was the perfect answer. Now I'm going to say John John Krasinski. <laughs> John Krasinski being uh, Snake. No, no, no. Oh, my word. The perfect casting for that game is going to be rough. Like, Keanu Reeves as Snake, Sankoff and says, Actually, that's not a bad answer. That's, that's really not a bad answer. And if you think about what he's done. I'm still waiting on Keanu Reeves to be um, Spike. Cowboy Bebop. I could do, see do that. Do you remember still. that rumor from like 10 years ago? That was one of the biggest yeah. rumors ever. So real quick, uh, World Ends responding to what I asked. He says, Neil said that Naughty Dog wanted to make three games. A game inspired by Indiana Jones, which is Uncharted. Two, a zombie game Walking Dead style, The Last of Us. Three, a space RPG. They made Uncharted and The Last of Us, so that's next. You can find an interview, I think. I'll look into that. That's interesting. Bruce Willis is snake is what Liam says. No, you do not. (laughs) Here's the thing. Bruce Willis is past the point where I feel like it really matters for him. But... The movie's going to be action starified. That's what they keep trying to do with Uncharted, so that's what's going to keep happening. Yeah. When I, you really think about it, it gets hard to really say what is the closest answer. Because, man, that's actually a really... Unflattering picture. Yeah. Um, and but that, I still see some snake in him. No, you definitely can, especially the hair. The hair is the thing that gets sure. him the best. And you It's know, a hard thing to cast, If he got chiseled and, and in weight, then yeah. David Hayter and the voice, of course. You cannot forget about that. Um Without Here's the thing. It, I don't. I, I think of all the things. I think it. I think it may translate to the big screen. Okay, but I, I'm curious how you feel about this because you're a bigger. You're I don't, an even I, bigger it, fan. It wouldn't work. I just. It's, it's a dynamic. That, well, yeah. When I say it's all, okay, I think one of the things is that the, one of the hallmarks of the series is constantly messing with the player's head. Not only that, it's by just, input methods and stuff like that. But how do you do it, that when you when that level of interaction is gone? I'm sure they can break some kind of fourth wall like Deadpool does, where they're like, you know. But it's 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 tricky. But even more because, so than that yeah. is the outrageous nature of the series. You know, sure. Where, where's Johnny going to be at crap in his pants every five minutes like he was in four? Well, he'd be the comedic uh, relief, right? I mean, right. But then, if you but, think about you know, their role action, in the movie, right. But I'm trying to say, like, can you imagine somebody doing that? No, like a, what you would think is a live action movie. It's one of those hideo things that just doesn't doesn't translate well to like full screen. to live action. Yeah. So here, what what would you think? Because yeah, you have things like that. But what would you think about a uh, animated feature film? No, you mean like hand-drawn or CGI? Because hand-drawn, yeah. CGI, no. Well, I was thinking CGI, kind of no. like what they did with the Resident Evil uh, nope. series that they've done. Because nope. I think what you could basically do is you could easily replicate the style of the games. I, I don't think that you can take your controller from Snake and it'd be good. I don't think that if you... if you, Snake, the way that these games are... They, the way these games just work, in my opinion... So even a hand-animated then or a 2D wouldn't look good, right? Well, you would get away with, well you would you. get a lot. It wouldn't work well, but it'd be a lot better than CGI. Okay. You would get a lot. You would get um, away from a lot of the obscurities a lot better, I think, when it's animated that way than you do even you know um, CGI. Because think about it, and like one of the biggest problems with me in four was the long cutscenes in which I was just not playing a snake. And like that's the thing is that when he's alive, when he's on the big screen, you know who would uh, like you're not controlling him, and that's the fun of these games is controlling him, and that's and that's which part of why un- I say too, yeah, yeah why it's it's hard to translate. It's not of action gaming. games, really. Like yeah. when you think about, it, they're really more slow, methodical games. That at least that's how you typically play these games. Is you don't have to play them that. That's how you see most people playing the match. You can right. go, you can yeah, you can go the all freedom, out, but yeah, it's it's rare whatever. that you'd want to go that route. But um, yeah, but we we sat around and talked for hours of podcasting until we just kind of agreed that there's not really. 
a strong, suitable cast that could carry that movie and make it watchable for us. Um, so I don't, I don't want to see it. But David Hayter would have to be the position for Snake. Like there's nobody else. What about Kiefer Sutherland? I hope they really don't do that, man. No, no. I really and hope they don't do I'm that. I'm trying to think. Like we, we we literally worked it all out. I'm trying to think who played Ocelot, who played Eva. We we had it all worked out. Man, it's hard to think about who you'd want to do those things because a lot of them too are very stylized characters. And like I say, it's it's the problem with trying to take something you've always known as a game and make it into a movie. Yeah, you you care too much about the way you view the characters. Whereas in the games, when they keep getting better graphics and changing the art style, they are still obviously drawn from the same character. And yeah, you, you feel like you can see the through line, but and when you do that to a movie, that through line disappears. Right. You know, uh, when you go to live action with something that has such stylized characters. And it's really hard to think. It's it's the problem why it's why I think Uncharted's one of the only things that could really do it. If you keep a small cast, because uh, Uncharted games are already good about doing that, you know, good four or five people. But the the Metal Gear Solid games involve a lot of people. Oh yeah. And when you're trying to pull that many people in, there's so many more characters you're trying to nail on the head, and it gets harder exactly. and harder. It's Spider-Man and Three. And the, the reason I say that is it doesn't matter whether it be a good movie. What's going to matter? is that, yes, you are trying to pull these things off in a much smaller runtime. Uh, so doing one Metal Gear Solid movie is going to be hard because you're losing time that the game normally gives you to get to know these characters and develop them and develop different relations between different ones and like dynamics between people that make the games pay off so well. Right. So that's why it's hard to think about how you could pull that off. Because, uh, you know, you think about Uncharted, even if you remove all the gameplay segments, Uncharted's a long movie. If you just tried, if you made sure that every scene made yeah, sense I'm sure with the it. Yeah, the first ones are all four on top hours of three to four you know? hours. Yeah. yeah, that's a long movie. It's hard. So, it's, 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 just, it's, it's one of the series I don't think will translate well to screen. Even though I would like to see it, I just don't think it would be good. Um, <laughs> Liam see. said, I like this live action. I have a Metal Gear Solid. It's a Metal Gear Solid parody. Of course that it is. That sounds see, like now uh, that would work. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he's probably not in the chat right now because he's sleeping and getting for bed. But Richard Rivera wants to know, what are your thoughts about Android Pie? So now we've had it for a good couple weeks. So I think we can speak more, uh, more better on the matter than that. So I don't like it. Me either. I don't like the new messaging system. I don't like the new uh, phone. Which, like the new uh, the layout that the phone looks like when you go to dial for somebody. Uh, it looks like a pack of Smarties. And I like the multitasking. You're not the multitasking, but the, um, what is that called? Um uh, it's it's the multitasking bar actually that's what they call that okay is it so yeah, yeah. the multitasking bar and then the notification uh, with the fingerprints pretty cool even though I was just trying to do it and it didn't work but yeah it's kind of cool I like the way it is now compared to what it was it's just so much easier to use than to do that so that's the only cool thing about it though um, I just like it even more saw change to the new uh, home button I didn't like it because going up to your apps required two swipes. Uh, not for me. Didn't like that. I went back to the original. I tried it for a, a week, and when I realized I was still having problems with it, I was like, "Yeah, it's not worth it. I'm not transitioning over." And I don't, I don't like it enough to want to force myself to switch over to it. I really don't like it at all. I don't like the way that they've changed to the new panel system. Instead of them being stacked on each other, so you could easily get to them by just tapping the top bar of what app you were looking for. Now you have to slide through until the whole slide's available and be able to click it. It's just, it's more of a pain in the butt. But my bigger thing is that they're taking away from more of the things that make Android stand different from i uh, from ios and ios and android are already closer than they've ever been and now that line's starting to disappear even more yeah and the thing is it's not only android taking steps towards ios it's ios taking steps towards android as well and uh what's the point of having options if they're too similar uh it, it, 
I, they're not there now, but they're getting there. You know, that uh, multitasking screen is very reminiscent of iPhone. And I don't know if you've seen the iPhone recently, but I could go show no. you Hannah's and you'd be like, oh, oh my God, it's exactly it. Yeah, and I haven't um, seen an iPhone. Like, I, I don't think I've held an iPhone for a real long time. So it's a, it's, I, I don't know. There's things I do like about it, but as a visual, uh, Android um, O was way better. Oreo was way better uh, visually to me. I like the way that it looked a lot better. But why, yeah. don't, why don't you go ahead and pick one? Let's see. We'll go ahead and hit up uh, LTV's next one. This one sounds fun. What is your general opinion on AI in our lives with the relatively recent Google duplex demo, Google assistant calling for a haircut appointment and talking with a live person and calling a restaurant scary, impressive implications for your lives implications for gaming. Have a great one, man. That's a really interesting question. I have not seen the Google duplex demo. Apparently I missed out on that. I don't, don't that sounds interesting. I don't think we could really use it for gaming anyway, really. Well, possibly, right? Like, to I maybe mean, remind you that a game's coming out or pre-order a game for you even. Well, I, I think he's saying, like, how could you take the technology and incorporate it in the game? So we're not talking about just the value. So he's saying AI, right? You could go far enough to go, like, this has already been kind of uh, touched on back on early Xbox uh, when you could put the headset in for Xbox Live and you could actually voice control. I can't remember the name of the game, but you could voice control soldiers that were with you. You could tell them, like, protect my left flank and stuff You've like that. You know, do that since the original Xbox. That's what I'm talking about. It's That's the game I'm Rainbow talking Six. about. It was it Rain- I thought yeah. it was a game before Rainbow Six, but then Rainbow Six did it too. I don't think there was a game before Rainbow Six that did it. Basically, you could tell breach that or like whatever, or yeah. like, and they would do it. Come back to me, and then yeah. Now, back. and I'm wrong. That's something that I think has been shown that it hasn't been being done well enough. So at that point, they kind of backed off from it, kind of like VR. They were trying VR, and then they just backed off because they realized it wasn't in a point for it. So we may be getting to the point where the technology is where it needs to be to do these things interestingly, but I don't necessarily know that it would make my gaming experience better. No, unless it's, unless it's a game like that that works really, really well and that the uh, speech and word use can be like unlimited it'd be kind of cool like where i could talk to npcs and talk back to me yeah would, but i don't think that's what this is since this is more of a convenience thing and with- yeah and it's not i mean so real quick world in saying that there are not any ai in our lives only smart bots ai is one of the most misused words i think it's hard to say that i mean i guess because they don't have their own i mean what what is the the what denotes whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it has a consciousness of its own or cause I mean, realistically artificial intelligence needs to be something that can take in information, process it, and then use it in a way uh, that they do on their own accord. I think it's, it's technically a, it's an artificial sentient voice. I don't know. That's why, that's why I say I, AI is a weird thing because I mean, yeah, you can say there's AI in a video game because you really are giving these characters artificial intelligence to try to take in what's going on in the world, use that information in a way that, well, they'll react in their own accord in a way that would make sense to try and get away from you if you're fighting them or whatever. That exists in games for well, sure. And I think that you're seeing that now. If that's actually what's going on where it can keep up with when you need a haircut and it can call for you, set an appointment for you, and do all these things for you, it's doing so... Because you've programmed it to, but it's doing it on its own accord right. to well, an extent. And then he's, he follows up and says it needs to be able to make decisions, not only instructions. Not well, only take instructions. So would it not... Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to see the duplex demo then to see whether I'd want to say this is that. So, 
Okay, so yeah, all AI in games is based on instructions. Well, sure, but it's ba- it's not. I'm, I mean, yes, but it's based on a multitude of instructions, which is ba- exactly what we're doing. I mean, you're making a decision based off the instructions that come into you, or the information, which is all instructions are. Right. I, it's it's a it's a slippery slope of balance. I could kind of see that. But yeah, like I, I don't really use a whole lot of stuff in terms of like Google Calendar and stuff to keep track of stuff. Um, I don't really, I don't really think any of this stuff is going to be in like interesting, like talking with a live person and calling a restaurant. That's just something I would rather do. I think. Like, I don't think, for me, a know, lot of people won't though, I and know, that's actually a big thing to think about. So yeah, how does it affect us? I agree. It, I don't think it'll affect me big. Well, I mean, when you think about it, is that needed? Like most, well, potentially. Big, I mean, but most big restaurants have apps, and you could do that on the app. It's the same thing. Some of them, but some of them you can't. So I mean, I guess for the people who are, are who are like deathly afraid of, which I mean, that's where apps have helped. Like you know, people who are like for some reason socially afraid of of calling oh, yeah, in dude, a pizza I mean, order, like, right? Yeah, which don't be wrong. I had that too because for so long it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like people who are afraid to call the doctor's yeah. office because they don't know what to say or they're worried that and, they won't and, know and, what to and, say. And it works really well, but at that point, it's just a program instead of or it's you know an application. It's not AI of any kind, and I. You know, if, if I'm at work and somebody is getting a prescription and I have a robot call me and ask if it's ready, I'm just going to hang the phone up. It's not a customer. Like, I just, it's one of those things that's just like. But what if it's, now, but what if it's an AI that's calling in a prescription? Worse. Now, what I'm saying is that at that point, hanging how, up. How do I tell them no if we don't have the medication? I mean, honestly, if it's AI, they'd be able to take that information and go, okay. That's, yeah, but I don't think we're nowhere near that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Because it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, an, it'd be like, hey, uh, they'd be like, I need this medicine. Well, then, then it's no the, longer available. They take it in and go, okay. Well, then no. all the private practices that like you know that barely have enough money to keep the doors open and stuff. Or I wouldn't say barely, but that you know, they're they're family owned private practices. The, are they going to afford that kind of stuff? Like, it just all depends. I mean, yeah, like, I'm it, not. It, it's one of those things I'm not really worried about right now at all. Until the Google Duplex thing is going to show you how how easy is it for it to do that and. From a business model, is it easy enough for them to just sell you like a Google Home Mini that can do all these things and connect to a cloud database that handles all the backend stuff for you? At that and point, do people want to do that? Right. At that point, I, I would take private issues into my into like yeah, privacy. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So it's one of those but things that I'm not really ready for. Technology, I'm, if anything, is showing you that people are willing to sacrifice privacy for ease of use and ease of life. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's it's just one of those weird things. So but, I say, yeah, it's a, if that's actually what's going on and they're making their own decisions, I say it's potential that you could call it a little creepy. You know, yeah, it's 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 a future I'm not quite yet ready for, but I'm sure I'll warm up by the time it actually gets here. Yeah, um, all right. Choose a question. Is there another company who could pull you from PlayStation? If so, how are you influenced in what Sony produces that no one else does? How are you uh, entrenched? He he technically misspelled it, but that's what he meant. How are you entrenched in what Sony pro- oh, produces yeah. that no one else does? Um, I guess influenced and entrenched, kind of. But still, yeah, I mean, similar meanings. Um, realistically, for me, it's. Uh, two things it's one the amount of quality exclusives and two it is where all my friends are at if all my friends were on xbox i would still have a playstation for quality exclusives but i would mainly be playing on xbox depending on what i was playing and it's that it's that easy i don't like i like uh, sony as a, as a company i like new microsoft as a company new microsoft has been doing some pretty cool stuff it's just kind of one of those things that like if everybody i knew was like let's all pick up call of duty or whatever the game may be on the new xbox instead i'd be like Okay, I guess I'm on an Xbox because that right there is alone to get me to buy an Xbox. Uh, but then again, there is games like um, I, think I was going to say Serico, it's uh, or Serico, but Serico isn't a good example. Uh, or Sekiro, Sekiro. Sekiro. I, yeah, know I like, knew those didn't sound right. 
Um, but like, let's say a new uh, FromSoft game comes out exclusive, or you know, like Bloodborne, all these other games that have come out, like Spider Man, and it's coming out in Detroit, God of War. So this year alone is a good example of like what it is worth to have a PlayStation if you like those kind of games. So I think, honestly, I think everything right now in gaming is in a good position to stay the way it is. Um, and I mean that in terms of like what the companies are doing. I think that it's smart that Sony's cranking out exclusives. I think it's smart that Microsoft is investing in these subscription plans that give people games they need. And I think it's smart of what Nintendo is doing just to have a handheld out there that can cross play, have all these cool indie titles. I think it's all like pretty much the perfect gaming paradise, whether or not it's, I don't agree with all the choices that these uh, console uh, manufacturers make. Uh, it's kind of irrelevant. It's just, if it took me to go to another console full time, it would have to be friends, but it also have to be a game worth taking me over there for. But I don't think at this point it's possible to go back to Xbox full time. It would be part time pretty much for both. Yeah. So my answer to the, you know, the question was what company, if any could pull me in the current gaming landscape. If we're talking about gaming, nobody, uh, PlayStation has me. Well, I think, I think the open ended question would be if there was another company, like if it was Microsoft or Nintendo, who would be the one to pull you? If you were to be pulled, Okay, if it, if I was going, if you had to, if, okay, yeah. so let's just say if the the okay, so you know if nobody's going to pull me from PlayStation in the current landscape, if PlayStation closed tomorrow and all I had left was Microsoft and Nintendo, the one that would pull me would be Microsoft, and that's because they get the third parties at least that Nintendo is either getting far too late or not at all. Um, that would be my answer. Yeah. I, I also think that Nintendo's exclusives uh, lean too heavily on existing properties, and they're not they don't risk enough going with. N- new ideas and letting their people take new ideas to a very higher limit. They were also, um, they were also completely out of touch with their fans. They've been out of touch multiple times. Oh, decades um, now. But the argument can be made that PlayStation was out of touch with their fans when last, PlayStation 3 year. started. Yeah. And so, I mean, anybody can get out of touch with their fans. Microsoft was out of touch with their fans at the beginning of this generation. Uh, it's a problem that all businesses eventually run into when, they do, when, they, when they're very successful because they're trying to... M- have that success and also make the most business sense they can and they they fight each other in some ways yeah uh, and there's ways around that to some extent but someone's always going to be mad about something and just how big of a effect it's going to have um but i'm with you i mean the reason that so if we want to talk about why am i entrenched in playstation it's obviously the exclusive right uh I can't look at Microsoft right now, and even if I like what they're doing in some departments, and even if I like what Nintendo's doing in some departments, they're all building in different ways. If you think about, like you said, you like what current Microsoft's that's doing. A, yeah, that's Microsoft's was... building towards a platform that doesn't even matter about the console. And now that, if yeah. that's what they want to do, that would mean that eventually it would be smartest for them to have Xbox in this platform of what they're calling Xbox also be available on PlayStation if it can continue down its route of focusing on the idea of the console and not the service of... Could you imagine like five years with PS5, Xbox One X doesn't have an Xbox One X2 or whatever, it becomes that Microsoft is now a service you play for, pay for on PlayStation to get the exclusives. Yeah, the, that's what I'm console. saying. That and, would it's, be, and it's possible. That would be sick. Because, I, it's I would, possible I'd in terms of... That blow my mind. Yeah, it's possible in terms of what Microsoft is aiming for uh, or what they're building towards currently. Everything that we can see from Microsoft makes sense that that's where they're trying to go. And they're even talking about it in the sense of that. So, I mean... Them being on PlayStation as a subscription service is only one step removed from them being a subscription service with um, a, that doesn't require a console yeah. anyway. And um, uh, World End says one big obstacle to me is the controller on Xbox. I can't play with that controller. That's what I was going to say. I'll controller say, for me, I can't. I mean, I, I'll say right now that the, I can play with it, but not comfortably the, and and not well, and I wouldn't want to. The new Xbox One controller, though, like the the one that has come out, 
with the Xbox One, uh, not Xbox 360. That that controller is the best controller it's, they've ever had. It's the best they've ever had. And I will give them it that. It's very on, sturdy it feeling. Is very on par with the DS4. It is just. It's not quite up there. It's it, what it is, and no joke. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the same problem the PS3 controller had. The the sensitivity of the thumbsticks. There's that, and there's all, I, I can't, dude. My my brain, brain doesn't yeah, do doesn't asymmetrical. Do diagonal, yeah. I don't like the asymmetrical. I can't that, do that it. for me. I was, being a 360 player from last gen doesn't really affect me. Well, then said he'd go full PC again. I mean, I, you that's know, basically I would, what I would. Do. I would lean far heavier into PC. It'd be. Which, you know, here's the thing. If I had to go anywhere right now, if PlayStation closed tomorrow, I would just stay on PC. I, it, I think it is, though, for consoles. Like, so, I don't think PC counts. Yeah, so, but, but yeah, it, anybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, Microsoft, if, if I had no choice, Microsoft would be where I'd go, and it makes sense because I already have an account and stuff like that. Nintendo is still too far behind. They still don't have reasonable accounts. The way their online services work are not up to snuff for me yet, and their games are too far. They're too in between of what I would want. Their 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 exclusives aren't as mature as I'd like. Um, I don't I I don't ever imagine even seeing a game like Horizon on Nintendo. That's that's a big problem. I mean, you could say that Breath of the Wild is the closest you could no. probably get to it, but they're still very different. And yeah. the way that they approach storytelling story, is yeah. very different. Nintendo does not have a knack for storytelling; they have a knack for gameplay, and that's great. That's cool for them. But I also want a very compelling story with my game. So. Eh. If yeah. I had to pick between Nintendo and Xbox, I would have no choice. I would pick Xbox. That's yeah, that's pretty much. That's I what think I think that's the, because that's where the third parties lie. So you still at least get to play some games. And this is as primary. This doesn't mean yeah. all of them doesn't exist. So sure. that means uh, I think that having Xbox and a Switch as backup is a perfect system. Sure, uh, but what would be your main one? I think is the answer Xbox, and that would yeah. end up being Xbox. Of course. Here's the craziest thing about that answer, though. If if we're going with my you know random PlayStation close tomorrow. Where are you going to play most of these JRPGs that are now? Thankfully, a lot of them are starting to come to PC. They they would either go to PC or Xbox. They other than that, all the other companies. Well, are Xbox, down. yeah, but they'd go to Switch. Really, if you think about it. No, I, I guarantee you, Microsoft will pay big money for those. Like they some, did. Like, some. No, all. Like I don't think all any, because you got to think about a lot of JRPGs exist because the market is in they Japan just bought, and they just Xbox bought, aren't in Japan. I think I if think PlayStation the, closed. Nintendo is already has a foothold in Japan. They would just take over everything I think, PlayStation I think, had. though, with those system limitations, they would either buy the rights up and not use them, or they would buy the rights up and make really like weird to me. Well, Nintendo reports. wouldn't have to buy the rights up, right? They'd just say, hey, look, we've already got a platform in the in the nation where this is going to do the best. You put your game on ours and just tweak them to run on our hardware limitations. And then the next system will try and make a little more powerful to help you. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. That's but a weird I think thing. there's a lot of wasted time there that it would be fine to be working on Xbox. Sure. Uh, and then the other thing is, like, play, uh, one more thing to talk about that is the way that PlayStation handles their fans. People can say that they're anti-consumer and all these things, See? but no one else has a PSX. No no other company has a PSX or equivalent. I don't think a PSX is needed half the time. Though. Dude, PSX is incredibly cool for what it's aiming no, to no, do. I know, and it's, tr- it's showing you that this company cool. cares enough about their fans that they're getting directly in contact with them and cutting out the middleman of E3, cutting out the middleman of PAX. They own the entire thing. That show floor is theirs. When you're walking around, everything on there is going to be on their con- on their platform, on their console. Everybody you're seeing is in the same pl- the same thing as you. I mean, it's one of those things. Let's see. We do have a couple things coming in from Twitch chat that I know we said we're not going to pay a lot of attention to, but I think if we fit them seamlessly into the episode, it'll be fine. Uh, Sandcoffin says having switched from Xbox One to PS4, the PlayStation controllers just feel unnatural. That was uh, the problem I had last gen with getting. He a said PS3. they feel they just feel natural to me. Oh, they do. Yeah, oh, see, that- I had the opposite problem last gen where the PS3 the thumbsticks on the PS3 the problem the Xbox One controllers have now they're too they're too sensitive um, but World End does says if, or does says does says it does say if PlayStation closed Phil would take that fifth trip to Japan and steal all those JRPGs he totally would 
they, they just bought five studios. They're not slowing down anytime soon if they needed to. Uh, but then Liam chimes in says, Persona 6 on Xbox. Disgusting. Yeah, we talked about a little bit of, uh, of exclusives. If Xbox is fixing their exclusive problems in, term of, uh, in terms of quantity and quality, uh, then they may do well if I had to go somewhere else. You know, the fact that they bought Ninja Theory bodes well for them. I'd be happy about that. Yeah. I'd be cool to play oh, whatever yeah. Ninja Theory does next. For sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to get this one real quick. Uh, no Man's Sky Next Impressions. Saw, it's, okay. it's okay. Did you play it? And this comes from our boy Ryan. Um, yes. Okay. I, didn't, I, I couldn't I remember before, if you actually played. I played it before you did. Um, next, you did? Yes. Okay, my bad. I'm, sorry. I'm the one that told you to, to start your game over. You are right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, it's the same problem I have with it that I've always had with the game. And it's just one of those things that you just forget about until you do it again. But it's the micromanagement you're constantly having to do. It gets really annoying. And I know the farther you get, the the better the, the better it gets. Yeah, there's yeah. actually a lot you get. Um, but it's just one of those things, too. Of like I don't, It just can't hold my attention that long to where I am that far into the game to where the micromanagement is better. Uh, you know, if, if I had more time... I would probably play it, but if I, but since I don't, and there are other games like Death Gambit, uh, Dead Cells, Hi, um, not Hyperlight Drifter. What am I trying to say? Hollow Knight, uh, Octopath. Everything that's come out this past couple of months has not. This has not been my top priority. So it was for a couple of weeks for me. But here's the thing: August being full of games that I was incredibly excited for. Guacamelee Two has been phenomenal. It's been very good. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say better than the first, but it's you know all sequels have that. Judging off the thing, the, judging off all those little hidden things they have in there. It's very funny and it's very rewarding experience to play the. They're doing exactly what they needed to as a uh, as a sequel, uh, but yeah, it's been really August kicked it out of my rotation. I still enjoy it and I like the game and I'll probably try and go back to it. But we have what Friday Spider Man's coming. There's a lot of stuff going on, but the game does a lot and they've even added. Did you see that they added seasons with uh, yeah, no, no. cosmetic yeah, items good. that are free? There will never be microtransactions. Yeah, is what he on, said. Good on Hello I believe Games it. for that. I mean, there's a lot. I think it looks cool. The way that they're in- introducing more story stuff is interesting. God, Kyrie's in there yelling. Uh, but th- it looks really great. I mean, uh, if you've not played it, I've played a lot. I probably played like I probably put another 25 hours on my save uh, since Next has launched. Uh, the multiplayer is fun. Base building is more fun than I ever thought it'd be, and I never got around to doing it when they originally did it. Uh, but being able to do it with friends and it being seamless and they can help you build or help you take away, it's really interesting, and I think it adds a lot more layers to the game. And as they continue to build on it, it's a game that I can see myself going back to with every update for at least 20 to 25 hours. Yeah, and uh, sticking on No Man's Sky, we actually have two more questions uh, involving No Man's Sky. Uh, Hell Teacher Loki wants to know, No Man's Sky crossover ideas, Star Trek, Star Wars, Alien, Predator examples are um man that's such an odd question that i never thought about i like the i like the idea of the question though right it's it, no man's sky gets big enough what's the next obvious thing to do start putting some sci-fi stuff into it just for crossover things but wouldn't that wouldn't that add microtransactions into it that's that's where it gets Possib- into the possibly. unless they'd be willing to let them put it in the game for free what, what i really hope they do is not really a crossover but i really hope they do something that elite dangerous did which they brought the aliens back that are famous from the series uh, from earlier Elite Dangerous games and they brought them back the Thargoids I think is what they're called but they brought them back in the coolest way possible where somebody was just randomly exploring one part of the galaxy and came across their ship nobody knew what it was until they saw the ship and they were like oh god what is that 
And it was kind of like a horror movie almost, like where you're flying around in space out there by yourself in the quiet, deep, dark space. And then in the distance, you see a ship that's just sitting there. So you go closer to make sure they're not out of gas or whatever, but it's an alien ship. And then over the course of the past, like I say past, this happened last year, but it's been over the course of the months after that they slowly added more and more and more. And they've added to where you can go on the planets now and that there are wrecked Sargoid ships. That would be something really, really cool that No Man's Sky could do, where they would invent an alien race that was very hostile, that would hunt you down, and then they would very creepily add it into the game. Okay. To make Slow it and almost, steady like they're almost slowly invading. Right. And I think it would be really, really I could cool. see that. If I think about actual crossovers, I mean, I, I, I think and that I, the coolest thing to do would be yeah, as crazy as it be. Xenomorphs would be cool. I actually think the Necromorphs would be awesome. It's video game to video game. Throw me in some Dead Space creatures, man. Give me some I Necromorphs. I don't think we have the technology to fight those. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. No. Hit them. Hit dismemberment them. tools. In Dead in No Man's Sky, I mean that'd be a cool thing to add. Dismemberment. You'd have the terrain manipulator, body part manipulator. You just cut their arm off. No, that'd uh, be great. That's a weird question, but I mean, there's a lot of sci-fi stuff they could do. But Xenomorph seemed like to be the obvious answer of what would be coolest for them to do. Uh, but I think other video game aliens would be cool. It's just the, the most notable video game aliens aliens I can think of are necromorphs. Um, and yeah, I guess maybe X, the XCOM aliens would be a funny Easter egg. The yeah. enemy unknown aliens. That would be kind of cool. I just the second you start bringing mainstream stuff into video games, I was talking to somebody about this. Maybe you not too long ago. The second you start adding in like pop culture, yeah, any kind of pop culture into video games, you lose me. Like in, um, Mortal Kombat, adding Freddy and Krueger and all that crap. Just get all that out of here. Like I don't want to do. Like this is a video game. Stop adding pop culture crap into this. It makes it more cringy on my end for some reason. I, I just don't like it. Um, I'm going to throw in a, a question from the chat. Oh, sure. uh, if you had to hand over Dead Space 4 to any company, who would you want it to go to? I'm dying for the final game. Man, that's a great question because Visceral's gone. They got they were closed, sadly. Um, but Visceral had a real... Uh, the weird thing about Visceral is... I know exactly who. Who? Alien Isolation? Creative Assembly. Yeah. I, <laughs> It's tell funny. Me, tell me that wouldn't work out well. World Ends just said it too. The guys that made Alien Isolation. Exactly. It would be. I think it would. I think perfect. if you look at the games, I mean, I think it would work out well. Perfect. I don't know, right? I think that you could probably potentially give it to the to the team that's that directly developed Resident Evil Four. If you can get that group together, because the, the, here's the thing: the inspirations that Dead Space wears on its sleeves are so obvious. Uh, that I think if it'd be cool to see the game that was inspired by Resident Evil Four was it continue oh heavily. No, dude, didn't didn't Dead Space come out a year and a half after Resident Evil Four? Did they make that game in a year and a half? No. First of all, Resident Evil Four came out in like two thousand four. Dead Space came out in two thousand eight. Never mind. I'm thinking my PS two Resident Evil Four, which came out two years after. Yeah, two thousand. Or six, was it? One oh, the yeah, it was two years after the GameCube yeah. release. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, no, but um, anyway, I think that it'd be interesting to get that specific group back together. Outside of that, I'm not sure. I mean, because any, anybody else is going to try and taint it with things that I don't necessarily think that it needs. Uh, and even then, that goes to the Resident Evil teams. It's funny, right? Dead Space and uh, I, think, I think it was 2005. Three years difference, yeah. Yeah, for PS2. Now, when did it right. come out on GameCube? Two years before that, so okay. 2003. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, wait, if I'm remembering correctly. That sounds right. I'll have to look it up real quick. Come on now. Uh, I don't think that's right. No, it's not. We're going to have to look at something. Anyway, what's what's interesting about that is that 
both Resident Evil and Dead Space both had the same problem. With every entry, they got more action-oriented. Even though I think 2 is the perfect blend. But uh, I don't know who I... I think Creative Assembly is a good answer because I've seen people play that game and I've seen a, a good bit of the game and I think it keeps a lot of the vibes of the being on a spaceship and isolated in space intact. And they'd have that going for them. Uh, I did not play the team that made... Which is, I think it's Shinji Mikami, right? Isn't he the guy who... Um, is doing tequila, not, not tequila works. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't think of what the name of the company is that did the Bethesda game. Oh my gosh. Why did you do this to me? What's the Bethesda game? <laughs> Somebody chat and help us. It's the one with the, Oh, the evil within. Um, yes, I can't remember the name of the developer right now. Uh, Tango works. Tank, yeah. Uh, Tango works. I think is actually some of the resident evil people, isn't it? I don't think so. I think there's some of the silent hill people in there. I'm not sure. Let me see. But, uh, back, but while he looks up that, we're going to get back on to uh, No Man's Sky for the last question involving No Man's Sky. From a business perspective, why have Hello Games put two years of resources into No Man's Sky? I get a, I get the goodwill angle. Okay, that's sorry. That came together wrong. I get the goodwill angle, but goodwill doesn't shift units. Was it in for the Xbox release, or was it to show potential of the uh, future for the publishers and investors they can deliver? From our boy Dan. So my issue, or it's not even an issue. My my thought on this is obviously because they had to. Yeah, uh, Shinji Mikami was uh, was the creator of uh, Tango GameWorks, uh, and he was Resident Evil. And the last okay. he returned to direct third person shooter Resident Evil Four. So I mean, I haven't played the Evil Within <laughs> enough. I did not like the Evil Within One on PC. Uh, of, oh, about an hour and a half to two hours in, I couldn't really get bunky. into it. I still have it. I may try and go back and play it one of these days. And I've not played two. They may be able to handle it though. So yeah. We'll yeah, see. them for sure. So, uh, but yeah, Dan was wanting to know why they put so, uh, two years into resources into No Man's Sky. And, they, and he's wondering, uh, not only did they do it to shift units, but uh, for the goodwill and the future of the company, they did it because they had to. Like, yeah. That and game, that comes Hello down, Games would have never been able to make a game again. Exactly. So it that. is, it really is goodwill in the future of the company. Right. Uh, if they would have, if they would have crapped this game out, right, had all the problems that they had in terms of the lies and stuff, and they just said, we're dropping it. Excuse me. They said, we're dropping it. We're not going to support it anymore, and we're going to move on to the next thing. Uh, the backlash they would have had would have affected their next release if they even would have been able to get to the next release. No, they wouldn't. Uh, and because you know you, they made a lot of money on launch, right? So yeah, they'd yeah. be able to float for a little while. If they, but the thing is, the next game that they made, nobody would be able to trust it. No. Uh, internet, internet's too big right now. No Man's Sky had enough problems just with the backlash they got, which I mean, deservedly so, to be fair. Yeah. But the backlash they got from the game not even releasing as it was supposed to. Uh, and being able to get to where they are now, the only way for them to move forward as a company is to harbor the goodwill that they were able to do by slowly making this game into what everybody was wanting it to be, and then the rest of the way, finding people who didn't realize that the original game was something that they were into anyway. And yeah. it kind of was a mixed bag, and showing that this continued support and being very... Like, they have been super hard-headed, no microtransactions, no paid DLC. We're going to update the game to the point of where it's supposed to be, and we're going to keep doing that with no future plans for monetization. That They knew that if they did not go from here, it would have been dead. I think Sean Murray, had he went through some crap, again, deservedly so, but I think if they wouldn't have gone this route, Hello Games would be gone, and whatever their potential is as a developer uh, would have been gone as well. And it's it's... Do you really want to know that that potential may have been gone? Because I will tell you this right now. No Man's Sky, I've had so much more fun with than I ever had with uh, Joe Danger 
and Joe Danger was a game that they made to be able to make No Man's Sky. So when you think about it, I would have never played Joe Danger and been like, No Man's Sky is going to come from this developer, even in its launch state. Uh, so you got to think about the potential they have to move forward as they get more funding and more talented people and more backing from different companies and what they could make. And I think that that's where I'd go with it is that I'd rather them stay around uh, and do what they did, which is exactly what they had to do to stay around so that we can see what their future potential yeah. is. And that's, that's what it is, is that if, if, if Sean Murray would have kept quiet this entire time, uh, he would never make another game again. And if he did, it would be negative uh, reviews. Neg- or what is it? I can't think of what it is on Steam. That it had, I think No Man's Sky was still at until Next came out, but it's uh, drastically negative or whatever they call the game to be if, if uh, with all the reviews are read. Um, but yeah, he'd never ever be able to show his face in the gaming. Yeah, uh, I agree. Real quick, the Stone says, I honestly think they didn't have enough funds, so they hyped it and dealt with the backlash since they sold so many copies, which in turn gave them funds to finish the game they originally envisioned. It, it wasn't that. There's more to it than that. And no. I'm, I'm go ahead, Saul, because I want to see. Well, I'm going to say there's no way they lacked funds when Sony helped them. Sony would have made sure they had the funds. And either the way that happened is either still Sean's fault because either he promised a product he couldn't deliver because he couldn't get his budget right, or it was that Sony just did not give them enough money to do the project that Sean had already talked about, which I don't think the second one is what it was. I think if it was something like this, Sean talked about the game to Sony, pitched it, and then realized that it required way more funds after talking to everybody about it publicly and realized that he could not get it or that he did not have the correct team for the job. I think it was that he did not have the correct team for the job. I think it was that mixed with the fact that they pulled a little too much under their belt and thought that they could handle it. And yeah. as the closer they got to the end, they realized they couldn't, but they had done too much speak at that point to try and backpedal. And I, don't I think, think the other side is what a lot of people forget about is that this game had two to three years of development under its belt when they the entire studio was flooded and they lost the entire game and had to restart from scratch. That's incredibly important to think about. Yeah. Uh, I, when I say from scratch, they may have had a couple of things, but they really had to restart from a from almost square one. Um, and that's when Sony really came back and started helping them. So I think it was a mixed bag of Sony like, we'll help you, but we want this, this, and this, and saying, okay, Here's what we're trying to do. And I think it's a mixture. You also got to think about the fact that prior to the flood dropping everything, they had already talked about what the game was supposed to be. And I don't think the flood was real. Really? I don't don't think that happened. You Illuminati. (laughs) No, no, I'm dead serious. I I really don't think there was something that drastic that it literally wiped everything out. Really? Yeah. I mean, dude, first of all, yes, it happens. And indie developers are the ones who typically get that kind of brunt because they don't have what the bigger developers have. So why did Sony not have them delay the game even further? Well, the, day, the game was delayed almost a year and a half after its original Even point. Even further, though. That's the thing. Is that but, but once Sony's putting funds into it, I'm sure what the agreement probably was was, hey, we know that y'all had a flood and y'all lost but a lot of stuff. We're going to replace y'all's equipment, let y'all get a head start back on building the game back up. But we want this. We want it to be on our system first. PC's fine, so you have a slightly broader market, and we want it out by this date max. Right. And they go, if you can't do this, we won't help you. And, and what may have happened is that No Man's Sky may have said, like, Here's the issue. We got to do it because we want to make the game. I don't know to be, I don't want to go too crazy because I hate talking too much speculation. I don't want to, I would never say the flood didn't happen. The flood happened. My only issue is, is that they have done as much for this game that was the amount of content that has come out for this game is higher than the game content when it released. And it's only been a year, two years, two years. Yeah. So that's the thing is that in a year and a half, how did the game release in that since there? 
Are you saying how did the game release the way it did, but then in two years they were able to make that much more content? Yeah. You have a base game to build upon when you're doing that and, and you get into – hold but on, it, hold it, on. You have a – and some of what Stone is saying is true. At that point, you do have funds, and they can possibly bring in more people, make the team bigger, shift and adjust and get feedback so they know where to go. Whereas if you're doing this thing in a closed echo and there's less feedback, you don't quite know where people want you to go. Uh, and it, it, it can sometimes be the detriment of a game. God of War is a perfect example of a game that – under closed doors, if you read about it, uh, there was a thing that World then shared recently where he's talking about Shu being like, uh, this was like eight months prior to the game coming out. The game was dropping frames heavily. It wasn't fun to play. It had a lot of problems. The combat wasn't nailed down to where it was supposed to be and that Shu literally said he was horrified whenever he played it. And then the last bit of time, that eight months after hearing some feedback of a certain way, they were like, we've got to crunch. We've got to get this done. And they ended up being able to pull the game together in time to get it out to its release but that's also why we didn't get a release date for that game god of war had way more money in it than no man's sky did they had more to lose they would have stood on on delaying it even more if they needed to whereas no man's sky it was probably no man's sky sean not going completely honest and being able to be like well here's what we have here and it looked fine but nobody realized that stuff was wrong i think that sony is a little bit to blame because there's no way that sony didn't know there was no multiplayer and and tried pulling that speak back and doing some damage control. You know what I mean? Yeah, my issue, though, is, is that they blame this on the flood. And I'm not saying the flood didn't happen. I'm just saying that that was not the reason that, that, that this sure. game delayed. Yeah. Because the issue is is that, like right here, if you just look on their website, it just says, uh, we'd probably rather not eat than do the right thing for this game. That's a load of PR crap, dude. Sure. But, <laughs> sure, on that. But the... I just think it's if, really if ballsy ran, for you to say the flood didn't happen. No, no. I'm, I'm, I, okay, let me rephrase that because what I meant was the flood's not the reason it was like this. Maybe. Maybe. I, very, I, I, yeah, I, that's, I that's a very different statement. If, 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 say if Naughty Dog was working on a game and a flood happened, and there's, do you think Sony would not allow them more time to work on a game? And no, they absolutely would. But then again, Naughty Dog is owned by Sony wholly. Well, put any major indie developer up there then, or any any developer that's working. I don't, I don't if know. A tragedy stuff. Because I also don't think that Sony. I don't know how much Sony had involved in that. So I, I just that's why I say speculation is just too hard. There's a lot that you can see. All I'm going to get at is that the game obviously had to do this to be able to get back on its feet. That that they did the right thing by where we are now. They did not do the right thing at launch, but they, it right. may have well, been see, the, that's, that's the it may have been that they had to that's because the, if they wouldn't have even released the game, they probably wouldn't have been able to stretch it to make where they are now. That's the big problem though. But the that, game should have released in a better state. I am with you there. Well, no, no, that's just, that's one of those issues that with devs is like once you're burned once, you know, you're always burned. And that's the thing is that like, you can't say like, Oh, the game is like this because of all these, all the, the floods, we lost everything. The flood happened before you went to E3 and advertised this game. Why would not, you know? not, 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 yeah, the yeah, yeah, happened yeah, in 2014. yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, yeah, but that was, and that came after a year after they announced, or within six to eight months or something like that, of when they announced the game at Gamescom, uh, and it got a lot of press at Gamescom right. 2013, so like, or whatever it by was. By then, though, you would know whether yeah, or not your game course. has all this. Well, yeah, at that point, it, it may have been to where when they were wanting to release it, they were on a better track to do it. And then also, like I say, they ran into a bunch of problems with it because networking is crazy in a game that does a lot of this. Um, dude, dude, the game studio for this was like 25 people. Yeah, less than that. So are you talking about networking in terms of... I'm talking about like online infrastructure in a game oh, that's... Okay. I that's, thought you were talking about like communication networking. No, 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 no. I, I mean like, like actual game stuff. I feel like they, uh, again... Because Sean Murray could have uh, like literally yelled across an office to reach the person who was working on networking and ask, sure. are we going to have multiplayer by this time? Yeah, they should and have done that. Exactly. Absolutely, they should have done that. But and then he, but so yeah, he went on stage after all this and said, you know, yeah, it has it. 
<laughs> World then says, isn't the last Guardian proof that Sony gives time to their devs? Uh, yes, definitely once they consider it to be prolific, See, now, uh, this is which why... is a great example. So Naughty Dog is a hard game to say that, too, because Sean Murray, no one considers Sean Murray pro- prolific. People consider uh, Fumita Ueda prolific. I mean, people consider, you know, when you think about Neil Druckmann at this point, they would say because of the success they've seen with him and the, and the love that the game's received. I think at this point, if something happened and Neil Druckmann was like, hey, we need another year, they just bite down the bull and go, crap, okay, we'll give you another year because we know it's going to be worth it in the long run. Yeah, but it's just, it's just the issue of the yes, way Sean Murray is. And, and if this and game, saying, if saying, the I'm, studio is wholly owned by Sony, it'd be a whole different ballpark right. in the way and, I feel about and it. And I'm not saying I don't give him props for delivering at least the game. Uh, because he he delivered the game and it came out now that it's been completely free updates, all this stuff, and it's pretty much what it promised was. It's just hard to believe that you know all this stuff happened to happen uh, to you with the flood and all this other stuff, and then you're gonna go online a stage and lie about it. Yeah, it's just it's and one that of those things. A, that, like, it's not something, like, and I don't think uh, it was an intended. I, I don't think it was an intended lie. That's all I'm getting at. I don't. It was I, a lie of omission, though. I think it was. I think it was. I think he initially told it like he thought it was going to be in there, and then no, by, he was asked. And then by I know that's what I'm saying. He but, was asked multiple times know, across multiple timelines. But they initially announced Tom it was. <laughs> but they initially were. They talked about it before anybody ever asked him about it. That's why it kept getting brought up, right? Uh, and then what ended up happening is I think that, like you say, lie by omission. By the time that he was, he probably wanted it to be in there initially, and then. By the time that he realized it wasn't most likely going to be ready for launch, that's not like it was. I, yeah, I, I like he was like that, but it's it's, it's, like, bad, it's bad on, practice. He went on Conan, but we've been on this Game forever. So. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember Stephen Colbert. I even Stephen Colbert him. too. Yeah, and it's like yes, and he's like, can you see other people? He's like, you cannot see yourself, but you only know what you love by other people. Like yeah. you're lying. Like you know the person who works 15 feet away from you out of the 25 people would know will have let you know that you cannot play online right now. Yep, um, and they didn't have character models developed. So you know he was lying. Uh, I'm glad he's done what he has, but man, that does that make me. Mad. He's turned around. I trust him now. I don't, you know what I, I mean? I don't. I, I mean, he's a good guy, but like, I'm not gonna. Th- I'm not gonna trust everything him he said about next was true. I'm a no, I'm no, a, no. It was. I know. That's but what it I'm has saying. to be. I know. That, I know. It, all this has to be like he knows he can't mess up again. Uh, have you ever gotten a game, or have you ever gotten to a part of a game that is so hard that you cannot beat it, and have walked away from that game as a child and or as an adult? Um, not because, oh, thank you, Josh, for that question. Um, I definitely have. I don't think so. But it's this weird thing where have you, you've probably experienced this at least, right? Have you ever been playing a game for so long that you, and then you get to a point where something goes wrong and you start feeding into your own frustration and you're actually doing worse because you're getting more and more angry, but I never not went back to it. I know that. That's what I was going to get. So I've never done that, but the longest example of what I have done is uh, Heavenly Sword on PS3. I got to the final boss fight, and I don't know what it was. Seth was over, and I'd been playing it all day. I messed up a couple spots where I knew I shouldn't have, like not because of the game, but I was like, why am I, why am I sucking? And then I kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I got up in my head about it. I was like, is this game this hard? There's no way. And then and you, then you I went to a bit. then I went to sleep and woke yeah. up and tried it one more time and still couldn't do it. Right. That was even more and I was like, I just two in my head. I did I put the game down. I waited eight months before putting it in again one random day after I'd forgotten how to play, turned it on, beat it first try. And I was that's mad. A, that's a that's a thing that very, very likely happens is to everybody. And it's like, it's just that fatigue of you've been playing a game for so long, you start slipping mentally and you don't realize it. World Incident uh, almost gave up fighting the last boss in Bloodborne Old Hunter DLC. I need to buy that because I've still not played it. Yeah. Um, it's on the, sale right now. Orphan of Cause. But um, for me, like the closest I've ever come is like Sound Shapes. I've told it before is that like I deleted, Ooh. I'll try, I got the Platinum finally twice. 
But um, I was playing, and there's stupid, like, challenger levels that are literally randomly generated. Uh, and there's parts in it that just make it nearly impossible to do. And I deleted it from my PS4, and like an hour later, I reinstalled it. I still didn't beat that level as easily as I did going back into it, but I ended up slugging yeah. through it. Uh, what do you think is the worst game ever made? Another question for Josh Shoot. Um, too Human, without a doubt. No. Uh, what's that motorcycle game that we the, talked the, about? Uh, yeah. Ride, that, r- ride, uh, ride from Hill? Something like that. Hold on. Retribution, right? Retri- yeah. Retribution from Hill? Like, all, you gotta, all you gotta do to figure this out, we're gonna do, I'm literally about to do it now, is really bad no, yeah. motorcycle game. Not accidents. I don't want to see that. <laughs> but yeah, I guarantee if I type in really bad motorcycle game, it's going to be Ride to Hell Retribution. Ride to Hell Retribution. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. That's the worst game ever made. If you literally type that into Google, that is what pops up. Oh, so, yeah. San Coffin says Superman 64. That's I, a good point. I never point. played that piece of trash. War, World End is, is throwing some shade. You're talking about Final Fantasy 15. No, sir. No, sir. Stoner says, in regard to the question about putting a game down, Kingdom Hearts Organization 13 data battles actually made me not return to Kingdom Hearts 2. It frustrated me beyond belief. Can you believe someone did all those level one? Can you believe no, it? I can't. Can you believe someone did it without dying in between all of them? Um, That's insanity. But yeah, uh, Superman 64 is a bad game because it's a... Uh, That's a great example. Uh, it's a what? bad superhero. Hold on. I know, th- I know the game. E.T. For the Atari, I don't think it was bad. I think they just they, it, it they, literally. Oh, it was bad. It was it was made in like less than five months or some ridiculous number. Oh, I thought they just did like, all a landfill. So no, it was super expensive. It was one of those games where it's like a bunch of like false advertisement and leaving and stuff like that. Basically, that game was single handedly not single handedly, but that game was definitely uh, to blame for some. Uh, I don't even know what it looks like in terms of gameplay. Oh, it's uh, awful. it doesn't look good though. That that looks like a Nintendo game. Yeah. Like an original Nintendo game, I should say. Yep. Or Atari game. Yeah, it's Atari. <laughs> it's even older than that. Yeah. Just so that's what I mean. That that bit. game is not single-handedly, but it's definitely a, a highly attributed to the fall of the gaming industry. So, um, at the speak, time. Speaking of how bad Spider or Superman is, we have some good stuff from Spider-Man from and I really hope I pronounce your name right because uh it is definitely a uh, a name that I am unsure. I'm gonna of, say Red Ready Red Red He Basu. I'm gonna Basu. say Ready. I'm gonna say the H is silent. Ready. So Ready Basu. Okay, so Ready. I hope I pronounced your name wrong. If I didn't, be sure to message us on Twitter and let me know, uh, so I won't make that mistake again. But he says, "What are your expectations from the upcoming?" Oh, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. The Dolphin game on Sega. Are you talking about Echo the Dolphin? Because I I fucks with Echo the this Dolphin. This is something that could have been typed in the Twitch chat. No. This is this the kind of interruptions we don't said. need to have. This is what throws structure off. That's Go why ahead, Saul. Said, I'm that's, sorry. That's why we said we're not going to be interacting with Twitch chat. Uh, he we'll says, what are, your, what are your expectations for the upcoming Spider-Man game? Do you think it will be good enough to be game of the year? Be in Game of the Year discussions, given the standard God of War is set? What's the ceiling for this game? Add your Metascore prediction as well if this question gets selected. Well, all of our questions get selected, silly. Uh, love what you guys do and keep it up. Thank you so much, Reddy, and I really hope we're saying your name right. Um... But yeah, so we all think that we like me and Brett. I think we're on the exact same page with Spider-Man. We think it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, we both think that it is heavily a game of the year contender. Uh, contender, meaning there's a possibility, of course. And- yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think God of War is going to be my game of the year. You're not supposed to spoil that. I mean, it's not spoiled. I've talked about it enough. Don't get me wrong. 
You think I'm kidding? Dead Cells made me really be like, I can't believe this game. As much as I was excited for it, it's even in my mind as a game of the year contender. This is insanity. You know, if Death's Gambit didn't have the constant crashes, it'd be a Dude, exactly. That's what I was going to say. If the experience tied around Death's Gambit wouldn't have been so bad, I think I'd agree that that's kind of where I was at. Um, but, no, I think Spider-Man's going to be fantastic. I mean, yeah, I am super, obviously. This week is going to be really good. Uh, you guys are seeing it the day after Spider-Man came out. Uh, for us, me, Sean, uh, that you guys know in Discord, uh, Sean May, and Brett, we're going to go and probably go grab food and Thursday, go hang out and go like to Books of Me or the mall, you know, 2008 scene kids stuff. And then we're going to uh, go to GameStop and pick the game up that night. So I'm going to play it for as much as I can. And then uh, I should be going out of town Friday, but I'll be back Friday night. And then... Uh, play it Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, whatever time that we're not here uh, recording or live streaming. But uh, Metacritic score, we did this in uh, Discord. For those that did not see, I can't remember what I said. I think I said 92. I think you did. 91 is where I landed. That's right. You were right one point behind me. 91 is where I think it will really be, though I could see it being high 80s. There's a number of things, I, I think, Insomniac's a big name, uh, and even though this is going to be their biggest game, undoubtedly and, and world end fits in with us and says 93 i think it's going to be within i think one of us is right for sure i don't know who it is but i think it breaks 90 but at the same time as much as i do think it breaks 90 if it ends up in that 89 section i wouldn't just be massively surprised but it's going to have a couple of things going for it it's got the push of where Marvel sits, right? But that doesn't dictate whether it's a great game. But the thing is, is that Marvel cares more about quality than they ever have. Definitely when it comes to gaming, and that's why they chose to do this game this way. They would not have given it to one developer on one platform for Sony to publish it if they did not want this game to be as good as they possibly thought it could be. And I don't think that Insomniac would have been entrusted with a game if Sony didn't trust them to deliver. I don't think that they would have let them to. Because that was another interesting tidbit is that... um, Spider-Man was chosen by them. They were able, they were given a choice of any Marvel uh, world they wanted to do, and they chose Spider-Man, which is interesting. Um, hey, shenanigans and such is here. Yeah. Is that a Raichu? It is. That's nice. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, I, there's a number of reasons why I think that the quality is going to be there to at least put it in the high 80s, which is great, and that keeps it in line with the PS3 or PS4 exclusives this generation uh, being pretty much 85 and above across the board. Except for the order, I think there may be one more, but I don't think so. They're all pretty high. And uh, on staying on topic with Spider Man, uh, we do have another question uh, from our good friend Josh Drago asking the the important one. He says, "When you guys get the new Spider Man game, will you be playing the song Hero by Nickelback from the original Spider Man movie?" Um, you know what? I completely forgot that was a thing. That's yeah. why that question's so good. Um, yeah, I, I, well I did <laughs> and I didn't. And here's the thing. I kept trying to remember the how the song goes. And for some reason, every time I think of a song with hero in it, I think of, I can be a hero, baby. And of course, that's not the song. And no. I keep trying to think, is this the song? If I'm remembering, it's like, I need a hero, something like that. I'm trying to think because I'm not a Nickelback fan, really, no, just to, to just be honest. Deep down. Nah, man. I mean, nobody can deny that how you remind me is a, a catchy, good song, and that's obviously why they're, you know, well, of course, a big but, band. But, but Nickelback transcends the meme. They, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that like no it goes what, above and beyond. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I I will. You know what? I, I will do it, and then I will. As soon as the game's booting up, I will take a video. I'll put it on Twitter and Facebook, and you can see Josh. I will prove you that that's what I'm going to do. There you go. Another. Let's see. Oh, oh sorry. I was going to say another Josh. Our good friend Josh Ayers, 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah. He says, what are your thoughts on games on GamesCon and what showed off? Uh, anything you want to see at TGS pre, pre, uh, pre-presentation? So for those that don't know, it's, uh, TGS is Tokyo Game Show. And um, you know what? Persona 5 on Switch. Like, they did uh, Persona 5 Golden. Would be really cool to see. Um, other than that, though, like... Wait, so you're saying you'd like to see that, but it wasn't shown, right? At TGS. That's all I want to see at TGS. Oh. Yeah, Games Call, I didn't really see anything I liked. I, got you. I don't think that Persona 5 Golden would be happening on Switch anytime soon because they typically leave Golden to be much four later. Years. Yeah, four to five years. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I don't see that being uh, the case. Uh, be interesting. But he mentions what we saw at Gamescom and what we liked. Biomutant is definitely up there. Uh, that's one of those things where it's a it's an interesting I looking they game. That off and it does look really cool. It does. When he was in the stomach, dude. It dude. It, it looks it, it looks charming and I will obviously say, yeah. double A, but it looks everything about it fits the style. So it's smart they went that way because like the you know like the when they're hitting and stuff and it says crack and smash and stuff like that when you're doing punches and the the art style that they're going it's for. Really cute. I like one it. of the things I thought was really cool and this is again something I don't I wouldn't expect you to see in a big game. Uh, I think I may have talked to you about it already, but when you're making your character, Sekiro, yeah, Sekiro oh yeah, Sekiro look looked really great. Um, but in a biomutant, when they show when you're making your character, like when you go to their attributes of like whether you want them to be smarter or stronger and stuff like that, as you're moving around this thing, it's actually physically altering parts of your body. So it's like the smarter you are, the bigger of a head you'll have. Uh, like it'll be more like elongated to like have a bigger brain. If you're more muscular, you'll have like you know if you want to be more athletic, then you're going to be a more muscular build. I think that's a cool way. It's something that's going to be interesting to see, and it's just unique about the game. Not necessarily amazing, but it's a cool idea yeah um, and um he was right about Sekiro. i forgot they did show that and they showed Sekiro a, looks awesome they showed a couple of new um uh what is it called gameplay mechanics in the game yeah. that looks really really cool um but other than that and that like, collector's edition only being 79 bucks i need to go pre-order that i keep forgetting i hope that they yeah, are not out um yeah I, I am more than looking forward to that game for sure but uh march is that what they said or is it february february i'm pretty sure it's february um <sighs> Or they may not have said yet exactly. I don't know if they've said the exact date. Um, they, they've given it a date. I wanted to they? say it was March. March 22nd, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah, that's right, because it was one month after all the February crap coming out. Like, literally one month after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to go, uh, let's see, I'm going to choose another one. Uh, Kiki, he's in the chat with us, uh, says, What do you guys enjoy more and why Western RPGs or JRPG games? This is a hard question. JRPG games. I don't know, man, because, like, JRPG games are more amusing. They have everything that Western RPG does, but they're more amusing. I they mean, may not do everything as well. As, or I would say everything. They don't. They, there's a, there's things that each other they do better than each other. But JRPGs are more often time the more amusing. Um, except the Fable series. The Fable series, thinking of Fable one and two specifically, very charming, hard to match. Yeah, yeah very charming. When it comes to a JRPG series, see, but a part of this comes in the fact that you aren't as big of a fan of The Witcher, so I could see why it falls a little differently well, that's for a you. Western RPG. That's what I'm talking about. That's oh, what I'm talking oh, about oh, in comparison to the question. Um, the, said, the Witcher is a big one for me, man. I mean, that's a huge Western RPG that's really good. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I get what he's saying. So, World then says that their Western RPGs are watered down. Oh, oh, yeah, depends. but what do you consider to be watered down? Are you talking about because they're not getting a sexual or ridiculous well, character design or what? Well, because that's not the, to me, that's not no, the content know, of the game. I know what matters. he means because there is, there is depths that, like, and this is what. Like, I, I don't consider is, The Witcher 3 to be watered down. Well, no, no. And, but I think what he means pretty and much with this RPG. is that um, he's a story. 
So story, I mean, Witcher three, I can't say much of it. I know you can, uh, but like name, name, like we'll do this for fun. Name two really good JRPGs with fantastic stories, okay. excluding anything from Final Fantasy. Make okay. this hard. And we're going to name two good Western RPGs, include excluding anything from, no, we won't even exclude anything from there. Cause Fable can't sure. touch Final Fantasy, any of the stories in Final Fantasy. Fallout story is trash. Fallout 4 story is so trash. Now, hold oh on here. He, he said story, not stories. I, yeah, I, I know. Well, he said Fallout, but he also didn't put a number behind okay, it. Okay, so... Two, Fall, dude, Fallout 3 story two, is... Man, New Vegas is, is better by far. Fallout 4 is his man. I'm going to say 2, though. You can't say 2 is bad story. No, Fallout 2 is cool. Fallout I know, I know. I know. Cool. I'm just making sure that we get that... They're very the different, though. They're passive stories in a way, too. The way that those games end up playing Persona out. 5 story characters are amazing. Uh, now, that I can't agree with, which is why Persona 4 is my one of my jrpg point uh picks of you know this little conversation we're having because persona 4 did it really good especially starting out they and they both really kind of started out in the same way in a weird like crime scene kind of way or cr- a crime scene but crime kind of way where five was you starting out as a uh well I'm trying to think of the way to say this for those that haven't played it yet because I, I know you may want to play it soon so what I'm, persona yeah five. i'm still mixed on whether know, i'll have but time I'm trying to for avoid it around, it's very long you you pretty much are like a crime lord in a weird way in persona 5 in the beginning and then in the persona 4 there's this weird string of murders going on in the beginning um but yeah persona 4 for sure is one of them uh i did say five fantasies is off limits but i did not say tales is off limits so tales of symphonia is the second one but for western like mass effect 2 is really good the story sure. with um oh the, the bad, best of the three for well, sure I said the bad guys voiced by um oh what is his name it's a famous actor and it's a re- and he makes the perfect bad guy and um let's see and all their voices to be fair is really good um did i not put massive oh my gosh you see how unused i am to this this the the tactility of this keyboard i said it earlier on stream i think um, not Keith David, not Michael Hogan. Um, I was trying to go through very fast. Well, I say you're being very slow with it. I was hoping you'd be quicker, um, but I'm not sure who. Oh, Clancy Brown's on one of the Mass Effect games. Interesting. Also known as the cop from uh, Detroit. Yep. Uh, Hank. There he is. Let's see what pulls it up. But uh, come on, come on. The come elusive on. man. Yeah, and he's such a cool Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about that. I forgot he was actually that, too, now that you say that. But, yeah, Mass uh, Effect 2. Okay. The Witcher 3, I think, may, even though you may not agree with it, I, don't, I think The Witcher 3 has got... It. It's just I didn't... I, I couldn't... I couldn't get into it to, to know what to, to agree with it or not. Okay, so this is what I'll say. I think that, you know, uh, specifically speaking of Roald in, he says Persona 5 story and characters are amazing. Speaking as a JRPG, well, The Witcher 3 story and characters and individual stories were amazing, and it's a Western RPG. That's why I say it's hard to say. Now, sometimes... Is it, I'll say, is it really a Western RPG, though? Yes. Anything that's not JRPG is considered a Western RPG. We're all yeah, west of, we're all west of Japan. I guess so. <laughs> that's the way they view it, even though it's not necessarily the way yeah. it has to be. But no. Uh, okay, well, I mean, maybe okay, Persona well, 5 is better. I don't necessarily know that that answers the question. It's hard to say. Look, I have probably more reverence for JRPGs from over my years because I've played more phenomenal JRPGs. And there's a ton of Western uh, Western RPGs that come out that are just subpar. Uh, Elix and stuff like that. I'm not saying that they have to be ew. bad, but they're not great games. And they're made to be different. And they're not focusing on story. And since that's something I do love, there's a lot of games that like, okay, Skyrim. Skyrim's a weird example of the story in Skyrim's cool. The characters aren't well, good. See, because why would they be? Because the my... story is not handled that way. Then in Fallout 4, the story's bad because they try and give these characters 
a reason to be there, and they do it so badly that I'd rather be unspoken they, and have a cool premise and everything that's going on in the world and have characters be less part of that well, than yeah. Fallout 4 tried to do. What's interesting is that they both suffer from the same thing, and that is the I mean, story facilitates a need of you having to do something for the story to be canonized or make sense, where you're both either looking for somebody or you're becoming somebody that you have to be. Uh, like you're either the Dragonborn and you're a very important character no matter what in Skyrim, or you are looking for yeah, your son. Yeah, Skyrim's a good point, and yeah. Fallout is a good point. And Both so of those are whereas to what the games are trying to be, which is Morrowind and Oblivion are a little different. Yes, uh, Oblivion's and, mixture. Obl- Oblivion's like somewhere between Morrowind and Skyrim. I wouldn't even say Oblivion's a mixture because at any point your character could be like. And, and it would make somewhat more, like, more sense in Skyrim. Your character would be like, I'm not getting involved in this, and walk away, and you're still a nobody where in Skyrim, no matter what, you're Dragonborn. You that, have I mean, this ancient blood in That's you. a good point, but also the whole thing is, is that you are a chosen one in, in Oblivion. You you were the one who was chosen to be in that jail cell, whereas Morrowind, you're literally just starting off getting out of jail, and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, so I get what you're saying. Now, the player agency plays a very different role in, in Western RPGs than they do in other ones, definitely ones that we love. Like, I do love Morrowind, I do love Oblivion, and I I love Skyrim, but that I love Skyrim because of what it did for at the time for sure what it did for the world of a video game and I do like that first person gameplay it's something I love about Dishonored too it's not something you see a lot um, in western JRPGs you normally see third person uh, I do love Fable I think Fable oozes with see, charm I had to take- and I think Fable had a cool enough story it's a very old game that's why I think it's hard to give it thing but it had a cool world well, so cool characters for what it was yeah. uh, and I think that if they were to redo it in a really serious way I think it could be a great game um, again because I do still think that Fable wants fun and it's very unique in a lot of ways. So I think Western JRPG or Western RPGs uh, in comparison to JRPGs is a hard question to answer. I, I, I have more fond memories of JRPGs. Yeah, I'm gonna say J. If I even was to though go. Western, uh, there was a, here, here's the thing. Last it gen, last prefer. gen was the problem was the problem with JRPGs. They took a big they dive out, last. Yeah, year. they cranked out way too many too frequently that weren't good. Well, and none of them were as big or as as not even say as big. None of JRPG scene was like watered down if we're going to use that terminology in this conversation as a whole they were just crap quality coming out they sunk the interest in them sunk western gaming rose uh a lot of japanese developers had problems getting games out on time or at a certain quality level and thankfully that's that's changing this generation but you know yeah uh let's see Corey, our good friend crash he wants to know what form of video game mascots do you wish were still around i mean is there I don't really know if I, there is one for me. Sly? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But here's the thing. He was never a true mascot. No, yeah. Uh, Crash Bandicoot I was is an easy say, example. I was going to say Spyro, but Spyro is pretty much coming back. Yeah, but they're all coming back in a weird way, and they're coming back based off of nostalgia, and they, they're they only back because... Now, don't be wrong. It's still the answer to the question is they are back so that they shouldn't qualify, uh, but for what they stood for at the time, uh, they were real big. Kratos came back in a really big way, and that's awesome, even though he didn't have as many years off as you'd think. Um, you know, I don't, Drake's never gone away. I wish Little Big Planet would find a way to make itself come back in a cool way. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I wish that Metroid. Croc. If we're going off of that, yeah, Croc, man, the PS One alligator. That had, oh, I was thinking Killer Croc from. Um, I mean, it's I mean, Crocodile Croc, to be fair, uh, but my point being, King Croc from um, Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's his name. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a lot of cool ones back in the day. I thought Klonoa was really cool back in the PS1 days, but I think it, that started to wane a lot in PS2 when games could do more. But Klonoa was really cool. Um, I think Sonic has had a very odd last couple of years. I think he's still back though. 
he's back more than he never went away i should say but he's back in terms of right. being incredibly relevant in a good way instead of being attached to a bunch of bad he still is attached to a lot of bad um but there's a lot of PS1 things that were very interesting. I mean, but Metroid, Samus coming back. Like, cause, Samus has always been back, though. Just not, well, they, they, do the not, they don't sense. give Metroid the due that it should. Well, no, it's not just the Metroid sense, though. Because she's, like, it's kind of hard to do Nintendo with Smash because Brothers. Because Smash Brothers makes yeah. everything relevant. Um, it's almost always a thing. Uh, you can't even say Mr. King K. King K. Rule is a... Uh, oh, what? it sure is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I know yeah, it's Kratos is Smash, back. But Kratos is back of, huge. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of Donkey other Kong, PlayStation Super ones. You know, uh, I don't think they're all that, pretty relevant. Now they don't the have to be part. PlayStation. I'm just trying to think. Uh, PlayStation always had a problem of being able to latch onto one mascot that was theirs. The problem with Crash is it wasn't Conquer. theirs. It's not PlayStation, but it's Conquer. No, Conquer was yeah being rare, and that's technically uh, Microsoft now. Right. Well, uh, saying, Conquer was very in terms interesting. Of mascots coming back. Yeah, and he may. I I wouldn't be that surprised. It, man, Conquer is a very weird mascot. You know, he was a adult-based adult, mascot, yeah, very. which is very which Kratos is that. Kratos is that. Yeah. So true. I mean, it's not saying that there's no room for him. Um, whereas you know, somebody like Drake is obviously a mascot, but he's very he's kind of all ages. You know, even though I'd say Kratos is too. Kratos may be a mature character, but I was playing God of War when I was twelve. I mean, you know what I mean. So yeah, or not? I may not have been twelve, but I was in my teens. My point. Speaking of uh, adult things, Josh Shoop wants to know. Kill Mary Frick of all, gaming with all consoles of all time. Oh wait, wait. So like, so, what what console what would we get we, rid of? What kill, console would we keep forever? And which one would we just tip, play around with every now and then? Yeah. So if I was to say kill, that's a hard one. Like, because every console that we I you. ever play, yeah. Actually, you know what? There you go. <laughs> I'm no, sorry, no, dude. No, no, no. We it can't be Wii U because Wii U gave us Zelda HD Wind Waker. Okay, which was too good. Okay, you're right. So but, okay, and you're gonna think that this is weird, but the Wii. Wii gave us Epic Mickey, and the first Epic Mickey was incredible. It was also cool. on PS2, was no, it not? Epic Mickey was a Wii exclusive. Epic Mickey Two came uh, out on PS3. No, okay, so I'm gonna. This go is a hard say, question, man. Kill, kill me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, poet. Did you a shout out? Kill, kill we. Um, See, I can't kill the GameCube, dude. The GameCube no, had some killer games. You, can't. you had Pokemon Coliseum because you had Resident Evil Four. You Wind had, Waker. Uh, Wind Waker. You had. Um, Oh gosh, what else was there? Because there's so much. You had I didn't like Beautiful Joe, but a okay. lot of people love Beautiful Joe. Beautiful is one Joe. Of them. You had uh, Goldeneye, which was or not Goldeneye, um, Night Eye. No, Night. What are you talking about? Fire. The, not Fire was on PS2 as well. No. Oh yeah, yeah Goldeneye, not Fire. Um, oh, you had the bat, uh, Robo Battle game or Battle Robos? What are they called? I don't remember what you're talking about there. Custom Robo. That's news to me. I don't know what that is. Yeah, custom robo for GameCube. We rented it so many times over the Kiki course. Kiki says GameCube has Mario Sunshine. Look, really, GameCube's yeah, got a go. lot of big games for Nintendo. Uh, and they Resident Evil 4 came out on that and was a big reason. Oh, I yeah. do remember that. We rented this dude. At Bob, we might as well own that game. Yeah. We had that. We had rented yeah. it so much. But we for sure kill. Um, uh, we, I mean, dude. Man, Mary. Man. Honestly, Wii U. I still have to say Wii U because while I love Wind Waker HD and it's the ultimate way to play it, I could still have fun playing Wind Waker on GameCube and not have to worry about killing. You know, nah. it's hard okay. to say we'll one. Agree, we'll agree to disagree then. Okay. So, so our kill is Wii and then Wii U. Mary, PS4, obviously. Like Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Grand Theft Auto 5. I've got the kill. Sega Saturn. I don't need it. Panzer Dragoon is its own thing. I never played them. I don't need it. Kill the okay. kill the Saturn. That makes sense. Get rid of it. I don't need and it. And then we'll both marry the PS4. Okay. Yeah. Dude. Oh yeah. If I had to marry. Yeah. No. No. I take that back. PS2. PS3. 
Man, you're just as crazy as that is, contrarian. dude. No, marry the PS3. Here's the thing. The PS3's got a ton of memories for me, and I and I still love that system. Uh, now, if I'm going to flirt around with one... Custom Robo was the shit. It was, Kiki. It was. It was. Dude, I'm telling you. that I don't know if I spent that much time in any PS2 era game. <laughs> era game. Oh, God. Let me ask that, dude. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I would want to just be my play around with console. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just tickle it every now and then. Just, just touch on it. Okay, so you have Saturn for you. We have Wii for me. Yeah, killing Xbox lies, so. One. You See, I don't, know if a... I'd, I don't know if I'd go Xbox One. As crazy as it sounds, I think I may say OG Xbox. There's some really cool OG Xbox games half of that, But half of the games on there is backwards compatible Xbox One. Yeah, but, that, the, but then again, if you killed the Xbox, that means you don't... you don't have to kill it. If you kill the Saturn... Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm, Xbox, I'm one is, that way. Xbox One is the superior choice for this. That's a good answer. All the, back, all the backwards compatibility. That's so a, well, I'll say... I'll say Kill Wii, uh, marry PS4. Flirt with the Xbox One and, X. And frick, that way I can yeah, play... Frick the Xbox One X. Because you have such a massive library of games. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's between, a good answer. The, between uh, the Xbox One X and the PS4, you're set for life. You don't need anything else. Um, yeah, because PS4 still gives you the, you know... The exclusives well, that you For you, need, I mean, then, don't me wrong. I'd still say I'd be happy with PS3. There's a lot of PS2 games. Oh, yeah, because look, I could just... I married my backwards compatible PS3. I got all the PS2 games I ever needed. Bam, bam, bam. Cheat the system. I forgot, yeah. Uh, flirt with the Game Boy Advance SP. That's actually... Boy. Yeah, that's, a good, yeah, that's, that's actually a, good a great one. answer. Sims... Or, uh, I'm, still Sims, say, I'm still going to say Xbox One X, because that gives me all the Halo games, which are, which are you know, my childhood. There's and, a lot of Game Boy Advance games I love, though. Man, Game Boy Advance is also my childhood. That's a good oh, question. Man. Okay, um, let's, let's just... see. You pick a new one. Okay, let's see. <laughs> it's getting late, guys. I actually think we need to kind of roll through this. Uh, I, hate to, oh, dang, I hate to say that, but we really do. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shinmu 3 release date being virtually a year ahead of the time that they will hit? I don't really like Shinmu. I don't love Shinmu either. I, I think it's, it's it. cool. I think it's cool. And what it was trying to do for gaming is interesting. It was trying to make real world happen in the gaming, which... Oh, at the time of Dreamcast, that had been unseen and undone. Yeah. So that was cool, and I think its impact on gaming is cool. But I think it's interesting I, that they're doing it, that they're calling it a year out, because I still feel like they're going to end up delaying it. Yeah. Somewhere inside of me, I just still feel like the game looked it, too it's rough. It's one of those that I didn't grow up with. I didn't play when I was younger. So your reverence doesn't matter? Yeah, I don't have any kind of attachment to those games at all. Right. all. Next one. Let's see. Legend of Dragoon was four discs of pure joy and controversial option. Blue or opinion? Noonie Bird, you said option, but I know you mean opinion. Blue Final Fantasy Seven out of the water. What are your favorite multi-disc PS games? Thanks to Mr. Noonie Bird, one of our good buddies over there on Twitter. Um, this is actually, yeah, this is a Patreon question I kept forgetting about. Oh, really? I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna I, be, I felt so bad about it. I'm going to be the contrarian to his uh, answer. I'm going to say Final Fantasy Seven uh, because if I didn't, it would be Legends of Dragoon because those are the only two games I had on PS1 that were... Multi-disc? Yeah. Oh, dude, Final Fantasy did, 9. Did not want to play 9 or 8. Ooh. Even though 8... I know I'm never going to replay really 8 because 8 was trash. Um, oh, are you taking nine, that back? Though, nine, though, I, I have downloaded when they did the rematch. 9 is, dude, Nine's good. Don't get me wrong, Eight's a very controversial game, and I get why it's so hit or miss with people. Nine's a super solid game because it's traditional Final Fantasy, which had not been done for a while at that point. Yeah. Uh, I like 9 more than 7 by far. I thought Legend of Dragoon was cooler than, than 7. 7's got a lot of cool, but it's got a lot of bad. 8's got stuff I liked more than 7 eight as had well. had a cool card game, and it had Zill, very which cool. a cool character. Yeah. And Lagoon, um, who was also a cool character. That's so think of other cool multi-disc games games that were on that system uh, that were just like really big loves for me because you know it's so weird you replay games later in life and you forget that they were multi-disc you know like was was Dino Crisis multi-disc I don't no. think so 
No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Chase had Dino Crisis, and I don't remember that being multi disc. Because the, the you remember by the thickness of the case. yeah the, of the case, but you, I always played games second hand. I didn't have the case for most games. Kept them in like a CD wallet. I had to. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I didn't get most games <laughs> in a case. In poverty. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, that's what I'm trying to think of. Like some of these games, I, I'm trying to recall when you get through, and it's like this is the end of disc well, one. Yeah, I was like, like switch disc. Well, and well, what like, out of the ones do you remember is the best? I'm, I'm really trying to think, dude, because a lot of them are Final Fantasy. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Final Fantasy Nine is definitely one. Six of them. was not on multiple disc. I don't think so. No. Six was on one. Because uh, six would be my answer. Final Fantasy Seven was multiple disc, though. Great, obviously. Um, I'm, man, it was all JRPGs. I mean, what like uh oh, um, oh man, what is the name of that series? Blue hair, blue hair, blue hair. Yeah, it's on PS One. Oh, Chrono Cross was multi-disc. Did he have blue hair? I mean, uh, we just talked about Chrono Cross. Look, my boy. Yeah, that is it. Wow, I cannot believe I registered the box art before. That was it was only two discs, but yeah, yeah. No, Chrono Cross was awesome. That's yeah. actually that's a perfect example. Again, forgot that it was two discs. Yeah, I've most recently played it on PS3. Where I was worried about disc. Right, and see, that's I, I remember the box art, but I didn't remember. Yep. No. Oh no, that's actually not the game I'm thinking of. Oh really? Legend of Legaia. Legaia. Oh yes. Hold on, there's another one. Uh, was Chase, was was Chase. Ark the Lad multi disc? No, Ark the Lad also had blonde hair. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm blue hair. I'm just talking about. Oh. On PS1, was it a multi disc game? Um, but yeah, Chase rented that Legend game for a, uh, a weekend, and we played it at his house when we spent the night. It was real fun. Um, nothing I remember a lot of, but I remember having a lot of fun. Um, kind of like the original uh, Dragon Quest game. Yeah, Dragon. look. Dragon Warriors. Look at that. Multi-disc. Ark the Lads is another... See, it's so crazy thinking about that. That was uh, the collection, though, to be fair. Yeah. Ark the Lad was a cool series. I, I never played the second one. Um, I talked about that with... I think RJ was the one we were talking about that. Parasite Eve. Thank you. I told you, it's all JRPGs, man. It's, it's things I'm not thinking about. Uh, so what is your favorite? Oh... Favorite Legend Dragoon. I'll go there. Okay, you'll go there. I'll, I'll, go, there. I'll go Final Fantasy Seven. Legend Dragoon is cool. I, I, that's why I want Legend Dragoon to come back around. I think it'd be a super cool remake. Like, and it'd be weird because it's got it's, it's got a very particular art style to it and battle style. Yeah, but yeah, I think the battle be style's thing. been done since it's come out, which is weird because it was the one of the first that did that of its of its. Well, time. sure, yeah, sure. Um, El Chibi comes back with a good question saying, "What do you guys think about the night daytime cycles in games? Which games did it best?" Which games do you want to implement in a better way? Horizon, maybe. The best game that comes to my mind is Dying Light with his crazy zombies during the night. And that seems to be getting crazier with Dying Light, too. Uh, Dying Light cycles are weird. I think some games do it well. Some games do it to where it's it's almost an annoyance. It depends on how much of a sim you like. Because it's like, well, you can't hunt this because it's only out at this time of night. It's like, oh. I'm going to be a weird, cheeky person, but I'm going to be 100% honest. Animal Crossing. Okay. No, it is that makes literally sense. the day, day and, night, and night. Yeah, of what your time is. That's actually a and good it's, answer. It's really cool to know that, like, if I'm playing a game at 9 p.m., it's dark in the city. It's to know that, like, if I if I start a game up, it, it gives you this weird sense of urgency of like, oh, it's not a clock. My shop's closing in, in like two minutes. I need to get. I got to go in there and go to Nook Shop and buy everything I need. It's and really it really cool. and it also gives you the thing where it's the mental reminder in your head, like if I don't get on to water my flowers today, they'll die. Yep. Like, where because, it's, yeah, it's because you're actually uh, thinking about the fact that it's in real time. Exactly. So, That's a great Animal answer. I'm gonna stick with that. I'm not even as big of a fan. Yeah, it's just it's one of the ones that did it the best. Uh, real quick, Stonehenge says Xenoblade Chronicles Two did it so good. Different enemies and nice night effects in the environment. Minecraft. Yes, actually, great. That's the perfect answer. I, I'll never forget the first time, dude. I played Minecraft. It was, and it's and, dark, and you're like, what the. No, dude, it was at Gavin's house, and uh, 
we were in the little tutorial area, the very beginning one, if you remember correctly. It's 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 like it's fenced off, but it's nowhere near as fancy as it is now. And it did not give you much. It, it was literally that area, and you would go through the doors, and you're done with yeah. the tutorial. But uh, I dug straight down, and I fell into a cave, and it was dark in there, and I heard them with zombies. We didn't know what that was. We didn't know there was enemies in the game. Dude, we we almost crapped our pants, and I was probably like 17. No, I was like 18 or 19 when Minecraft came out, but we were just sitting there yelling at the screen. Bethesda games uh, on the, the day and night cycle thing are interesting, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, because mention they sure. all actually have a day and night cycle that the game follows and that the NPCs pay attention to go back inside. And uh, MP- uh, The Witcher 3 is mentioned in the chat as well from World Then talking about the NPCs go back inside of their houses at night, which is something that Bethesda games Isn't there like a really special monster in Witcher 3 that only spawns at night? Yeah, I think so. Like a cow I king so. or something? I don't remember what it is, to be honest. Sure. I, I think I'm going to go back and replay that game when I get a, a dead moment where I can. Uh, let's see. Next question. What's your most wished for portable Vita Switch ports? Uh, Switch is my go-to handheld RPG machine these days, and I find myself just wanting retro games. Knights of the Old Republic, PS1 libraries, specifically Squaresoft titles such as Final Fantasy VII, Xenogears, Parasite Eve, etc., uh, and so on. So, Saul, what are your most wished for ports of games that you really wish you had on a handheld, be it Vita, Switch, or whatever handheld you want? I would say Final Fantasy Seven and Six for the Switch. Um, Seven's probably not going to happen. No, no, no. This is wished. This is not what I know is coming. That's a good, okay, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, Final Fantasy Six and Seven for sure. Final Fantasy Tactics, War of the Lions for sure. Um, oh, Tactics dude. Ogre. War of the Lions, I'm so glad it's playable on Vita. yeah. And that's that's one of the games I'm I'm glad it got given out free too. (laughs) Well, that's one of those games I'm going to get whenever I beat you. Um, for poets, but uh, let's see, six seven tactics tactics ogre. Dude, tactics ogre, let us cling together. Did you actually play that game? Yes. Oh, it's so good. Um. Yes. Man, what else was there? See, look, a lot of them already happened, right? I like the uh, I like the Disgaea games, but the Disgaea games are cool to me on, on handheld. Switch. Yeah, yeah, and Disgaea, and they are. That's what I'm saying. They are they already exist on the the systems I'd want them on. Even though I don't think Disgaea Five's on Vita, but that's okay. Death Gambit. That's oh, Death Gambit on Switch would be amazing. Yes, Death Gambit. Uh, Dead Cells on Vita is definitely one of those. I think that Dead Cells would be a game I'd play every single night if I could play it on Vita and put it down. Yeah, this thing comes attacks you in The Witcher if you meet certain requirements at night. I don't know if you've ever seen that thing before. Yeah, I do. I do remember that thing. I can't remember. It's not actually called a cow thing. I can't remember what it's called, though. Yeah. Um, Chort. Oh, that actually right there, that's when you kill too many. That's the cow pl- uh, police where if you kill too many class, the bovine defense force. What? <laughs> I forgot about that. That thing was terrifying. Yeah, people were people were uh, farming the cows because there was a basically a loop that you could do where you get a bunch of money for killing cows uh, and selling their skin. So or something like that. I never actually did it. And the update that they added instead of patching it out, they added the bovine events force where if you do it too much, this thing comes and kills you. Oh my god! Uh, which is an incredibly funny way to handle a problem like that. Um, man. Okay, well, hold on. What was the question? I got. I wished, got uh, yeah, wish. Yeah, that, that's a good answer. I always wanted a game like Skyrim or a Bethesda RPG in the Elder Scrolls series on PSP or Vita. Sad that it never happened. It just is what it is. That's definitely one of them. Uh, other than that, I think we're good. Gravity Rush Two on Vita would have felt very at home, and Guacamelee Two on Vita would have felt very home. I'm still having problems of trying to play Guacamelee One by my inst- my instincts to play it like it was on Vita. It's kind of bothering me here and there. Um, I noticed when I was playing last night, I was like, why do I feel like my hands are cumbersome right now? It's because I'm so used to playing this focused in my hands. Um, Weird. So that's that's one of them. Let's see. With so many games coming out the past few years, specifically September to November, early December, and as part of the past few years trickling into January and March, how long until AAA releases are all, are all year we have had a small lull since 
E3. Mr. Josh, um, we need to talk about this. He said, I, I don't know what you're saying. Hold on. I didn't look at this before I put it With in. With so many games coming out the past few years, specifically September to November, early December, uh, he's saying that it's a time frame, and as of the past few years, trickling into January through March, how long until AAA releases are all year long? We've had a small lull since E3 oh, this year. I, ho- I don't know. I don't want them to be all year long. We've talked about this before. There's the summer a, drought is There's nice. almost a weird importance to a drought. Yes. You need time to digest on things that you've gotten backlogged on yep. and that you've started playing and have been playing weaved in with other games, which I try not to do because it bothers me immensely. Um, but you need it. You need that. Like We, we, we talked about uh, yesterday on the, uh, on the episode when we did it or whatever, whatever it was Saturday, uh, we talked about the fact that I like there to be just enough holes that you have like moments to come up and breathe and like catch your breath figure out what games you got knock a couple out that you've been really wanting to play and then go back in and still feel like you're getting to keep up with the schedule yeah so yeah i agree i don't think that we'll ever see it happen there's a i'm surprised that the the summer drought is where things happen instead of people releasing stuff in summer but i I guess you want the summer drought to get people who are playing who were too busy during the school year definitely kids to come and buy your games during the summer and you see a sales resurgence in the summer potentially i'm not sure it's a good question and it all works out i think last one from our man dan says too late to the party again but i wanted to bring up games that have aged uh that have aged well on previous gens everything pre ps1 still holds up 2d sprite art will never age Thank you. PS1 through PS3, 3D games with exceptions are a very mixed bag. It's why I hope they don't do an N64 Mini. I still play my PS2 and 3 regularly, and there's a definite progress. However, they're clearly last gen, even The Last of Us, but maybe that's to do with the 30 frames per second cap. Do you see us looking back on the PS4 similarly? If so, what else can they do aside from frame rate and resolution to improve? So I guess my question is, in six years, will we look back on this gen and be able to identify as last gen? If so, what technological progress between now and then can we improve visuals that much? This is a v- almost impossible question to answer. Because in six years, think six years ago. Well, sure, sure. And now six years from now is probably heartily into the next generation, right? Yes. So you're into the next generation point where you're really seeing what physics, these machines can do. Yeah, physics, better AI. Um, exactly. It's it's the it's, mechanics of the games that are becoming better. The way the better. games are going to feel, yeah. which I guess is technically what he's talking about with PS3. You know, when you get, once you get once they moved into this 3D realm, games started to feel clunky, but they were still fun and exciting to be in this 3D realm. And then what did we do with that? Now that we're in the 3D realm and we broke that, we had to make the 3D realm feel better. Yeah, and we did that by eventually adding cameras that you can completely control on your own. Better world building, better world building, uh, physics that make the things that are happening in that world seem more believable, and that's going to continue to just go on. Now the thing is, is that you eventually get diminishing returns, and that's a problem with all consoles. Is that eventually you're pushing everything to that nth degree. A lot of what I say is going to push, and what this generation did push from last generation is. Um, particle effects and stuff that makes it really feel like you're an area not that's just an area that's incredibly detailed but there's nothing going on in the area like you don't see the way that light flashes through dust that was a problem last year you you could get a very detailed world but they were typically like one of the best examples of particle effects i can remember last generation and a game that a lot of people were kind of mad about because of the fact that it went more action but dude dead space 3 looks fantastic fantastic in certain areas because of the way that they had lights going through certain particles as they were moving through it looks beautiful and i really think dead space 3 would look would look like a current gen game if it was given a remaster treatment it's a very pretty game yeah um, 
I am really curious to see how NPCs like if you think six years ago to Grand Theft Auto. I know it wasn't quite six years ago, but let's just say Grand Theft Auto Four to Grand Theft Auto Five, just from the NPC interactions you have, are nuts. Uh, and if you think back further than that, if you think from, say, Grand Theft Auto 4 to um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the difference there is also strikingly nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am very, very curious as to what we're going to see in six years. And I think that what it is going to be, I think in six years, pretty much 4K60 is going to be the thing. I think that that's enough time for technology to go through and make, agree, it, make it affordable and make it reasonable on consoles to have. Here's an interesting flip to that, though. Everybody says that, and I do agree with the ability to have that. I also think that what I would like to see is frame rate options, and I mean that, and that gets hard, right? No, I, don't, I don't want to play every single game 60 frames per second if I choose not to. I, actually, I think that's going to be a problem you're going to run into, though. I, it might be, and I don't uh, want that because here's the thing. On PC, I can tell it. Cap me off at 30 if I want to and it depends on what you want here's the thing uh and it it depends on what the game is trying to do a game like the order i think would be responsive enough and look really cool playing it in 24 frames per second which sounds crazy right but that's that's film frame rate i know and i I think it'd be potential for that to still feel good and feel like it should have because it's a game that's a little slower paced um whereas something like call of duty that's very fast you would not want you want that 60 frames or at least like in the upper 40s. I'm um, still one of those firm believers that, like, the frame rate to me does not impact the amount of, um, like... Yeah, see, I, he said the same thing. I'll, and this is not necessarily what I'm getting at with it, but I do like that this is one of the other sides of it. He wants to be able to pick graphics over frame rate and resolution. Right, and I, which get, is, I get that, but, like... Which we me, have now. Yeah, for me... To an extent. Frame rate has never impacted story. Like, if a, if a game was... I never looked at a game and thought that, oh, I wish it was 30 frames per second. That'd be better. I don't know because not enough games are 60 frames per second for me to really know that. Oh, there are, though. There's a lot of games out now that like we've played like recently. Like- well, no, no, no. I, I get that they're there. But, okay, like a perfect example, right? I actually, Hellblade played better 60 frames per second. Looked far more but, immersive but, but, but to what, me in 30 frames per I second. Just, okay, I guess more immersive, yeah. Maybe. Well, what I mean is like everything felt more present and real. Whereas when I went to six frames per second, I only saw the uh, the and the thing is the game's not only combat, right? I know I know that, but like what so I so in the in the puzzle solving moments, the game looked so much more enticing and and pulling in thirty frames, frames per look second. More realistic to you? No, because here's the thing. First of all, sixty frames is not about the way it looks when it's moving as much as it's about the way it feels with your hand eye reaction. I mean, yeah, but like when you're painting a camera around in sixty versus thirty, does that not look more realistic? No. How? And partially because the game, and, and that's why I say common technology is the problem with that. Uh, and Hellblade being the perfect example, uh, there was a lot more jaggies everywhere moving everything. The game looked notably worse in 60 frames per second, but it How? felt better. You're just, it's, it's literally the, the, it's the, it's the frames you're moving at are just doubled. Everything else is the same. No, huh? no, 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 not in Hellblade. Did you, did you, did you not have a pro they- at the time? No, I did, but I'm just saying, like, I don't have a 4K TV, so was it 4K 60 frames or 4K? Like, what? Like, was it 4K 30 versus It wasn't 4K, but it was upped. So, uh, that's but then, right. That's I right. could probably show you, man. Dude, but, there's a noticeable difference. The game went from very okay, being with, very with, crisp and, like, luscious looking. Though. But without that, though. Now, if that's gone, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I haven't See, experienced that. Yeah, that's, I need that experience before I can clearly say that that's true. But here's the thing. 
th- that being able to push because I care more about stories and what's going on, and I do care about combat. But if combat's good enough at thirty frames for me, it's going to change per game. I would want a game like near and very action heavy games, like fighting games too. I want those to be sixty but frames see, the, per second because there's a clear advantage there. The only issue I a game like Uncharted, I don't see the need for sixty frames per second in the story. I played I played the Last of Us sixty frames per second. I did not enjoy it I anymore. But I I foresee that sixty frames is going to become the next standard. So like I really hope for your sake and everybody and even world in sake for those that you know, that like thirty better i hope for y'all's sake that you i don't want to say i like it better i like the option to where if i play a game at 16 i'm like ah this ain't doing it for me that i can pull back yeah i know i know but i'm just saying like i because i i don't think it's not going to go to 60 as a standard like that's just that's just the way that's that's where we're going to move up well people thought that was going to be this gen 60 frames 60 frames was like a standard and it didn't happen it's it's a good it's not a standard but it's a a chunk of games now dark souls 3 not even half games dark souls 3 is 30 frames per second no it is not Oh, pro it updated. Yeah. See, but this is that's that's the that's, mixture. That's, we are playing. Well, that's where pro. the gray. That's a area, good point. That's yeah, a, that's where the gray area comes from. Is that most of the games for us? Dead Cells, sixty frames per second. Yeah, Death Gambit. I don't know. I think 60. now here's the thing: Blood, Bloodborne and Dark Souls frame pacing issues. Bloodborne and Dark Souls. I don't need sixty frames per second. Oh no, I definitely do. Yeah, I, will, I don't. I will argue. No. That's why I almost did the uh, let's play on PCs because it was so much better. Mm. Until I, they did the pro update. They did the pro update. Yeah, and I'm glad they did that because I actually on a last minute whim decided to do PS4 and realized I'm going to do this for the trophies. Dead sales, dead sales. Yes, yeah. I need that sixty frames. But but that game is very quick in the it's, way I play it. So but I don't. I don't foresee like the amount of. Okay, here's a better way. The amount of games that you're going to play with a more heavy action-based game such we'll compare near order you're gonna play more games like near than you're gonna play games like order so yeah, the standard that's of a good 60 point that's is, a good point so the standard of 60 would work better in today's gaming world unless games like the order are gonna put in a say a frame rate cap or the ability again that's yeah. all I, that's all i really want well that's just an option of the frame rate yeah yeah or because or here's, resolution here's, mode that, here's like my Neo thing and, and if they updated the order if, yeah. if they updated the order to be PS4 Pro compatible, it's not going to happen. But if they did it, uh, and they went through the trouble to do that, and they gave you the option to go uh, some form of checkerboard 4K or whatever they did, or upscale to 4K from 1440 or whatever they chose to do, uh, and keep it 30 frames per second, I would do that. And the reason I would do that is because that game, more of why I like that game so much, is that yes, the combat's fun, but it's not needing 60 frames per second because of what it is. And it's more about... The reason I love that game so much is the immersion of the world, the immersion of the characters, and that would be that would be noticeably altered if I went towards sixty frames per second and dropped quality to try and hit that. Yeah, it just I don't think we're gonna drop quality though. I think that's the thing is that as way, long as technology can get to a point I mean, where it, it won't, there, it is there. But it's always gonna happen. It's there, not right now. Like, it's, it's always just, gonna happen. We're just on old hardware. When new hardware comes out, that will be a hit without a doubt. Sure, it'll be able to. But, but it if the, it's will, all going to be about how the developers choose to... to mark, mark my words now. The next first-party Sony game coming out on PS5 will be 60 frames, 1080p. <laughs> or even what World Innocent saying it was 20, unlocked frames per second. Sure, well, okay, they, they did that on PS3 anyway, on, on, on PS4 with uh, Infamous. But it was having... Which, it it, it, it was only drops, getting into like 40s which, and 43s. Yeah, and that's, that's where he says, but even unlocked uh, FPS is so much better, even if it's not 60 or 100%. I, I, did not, I did not like it better in Infamous because it was too wide. I had to cap it. Well, I'll say I will agree Whenever until they there is frame, updated in, until there's frame tearing. Uh, there was no frame tearing, but it was just... I don't know if I call it frame pacing. I don't actually know the word, but it would change frame rate so much that, it that really I felt it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that is when there was no visual stutter right. that I could tell, I, I but would, I felt it. I, would, and I didn't like it. I would prefer. I would almost prefer a locked. I want a locked frame rate before. So if uh, I if I got the that. option to do thirty frames per second locked or unlocked, but only hitting around. L- oh, high yeah. 30s to somewhere in the 60s and it and it wildly differs now uh, yeah, give me 30 you lock that down yeah give me 30 i don't i don't um, care 
But there will always be, here's the thing, when you optimize a game, there will always be the thing where they push between this thing where it's like, they're, so like Sony's first party, right? They're known, because like we were talking about what can you do, right? One of the other things you can do, animations, right? We're yeah. seeing that with The Last of Us or 2. Or even ray tracing. The animations are seen, ridiculous. And, and stuff like ray tracing and light and shadow that you've seen now. Yeah, we'll see though, because apparently Shadow of the Tomb Raider is using ray tracing and it looks hideous. But that oh, may be that may be compression and stuff that we're not seeing. Or maybe I'm misunderstanding what I read. But, yeah. but regardless, what I was getting into. It's not like those RTX cards, boy. <laughs> What I, I was getting into is exist. that when a developer makes a game, they're they're pushing. Sony's not worried about hitting the sixty frames per second cap. What Sony's more they, th- they talking about? Be, though. That's well, the, but, they, but they're worried about giving the option, which is what we've gotten with God of War. As long as they give the option, that's a sure. that's a more than. But suitable. what they are more worried about when they're um, thinking about is looking like they're on top. And here's the thing: we've talked about it. Xbox One X may be the most powerful console, but there's not a single game on the Xbox One X that looks like Horizon or God of War. What they're worried about with those games is making a thirty frames per second solidly hitting that doesn't drop experience that looks so breathtakingly gorgeous isn't isn't sunset overdrive 60 no i don't think so that's a shame it may be that kind of game should be yeah uh world end also says uh god of war unlocked frame rate versus locked at third locked at 30 at 4k feels like i'm unshackled and i i if i think i if i what you're saying is what i think then i i i am the same way i would rather play at 1080p a higher frame rate than 4k lower and I've said that multiple times, a hundred times. Now, God of War may look great, but God of War, there's actually a couple of things that pull me out. I didn't because I didn't feel the need to. I went into the game and was like, let me see how it plays at 30, and if I feel fine, I'm going to keep it there. My thing is, like, if I don't feel the like, unless I feel a need to go to 60, I don't need to do it in those types of I, I games. I will always, like... But if some 60, games, I don't even want the option to be off, right? Because, like, Uncharted yeah. 4, uh, the story's in 30, and the multiplayer's in 60. The game does not feel better to me in 60, enough to where I would care that yeah. if they gave me the option to put it on 60, I would never... I wouldn't change it, because I don't feel the need. See, some games do have that need. I would not that, play Nier Automata at 30 frames per second if I yeah. keep from it. When I went back and played Nier, because it's at 30 frames per second, it's noticeable. Right, and that's that's where... And it's not even nearly as fast-paced of a game, but there nearly, are moments. Yeah. That's where we're uh, different a little bit. Where I would, I would just prefer sixty no matter what I'm playing because no matter I what the option, the, which I think is what we're going to get because we're getting it now. Yeah, the frame rate to me it wasn't won't impact the cinematic of the story of any kind. Like I just to me it looks it just looks better. It plays better. Um, well, the reason I go into that too, right, is because it wouldn't matter as much if games were still doing cutscenes that were off. But now games are, and I like that they're doing this. But they're like God of War. All of the cutscenes are in the engine in game. So whatever you have it set to, or what you're going to see the cutscenes at. Um, yeah, I like the cutscenes to be as pristine as they can. But if the, if there was a way for them to find a, but it would feel weird. Like thirty frames per second cutscenes versus sixty. But that'd be super weird if you're it playing would. it. And it yeah. see, that's what I'm saying. But it would look best. I just there. don't have a problem with sixty frames per second thumb, uh, thumbnails. It, um, it still depends on the game. Screens. Because I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I did. Because you know, whenever I replayed Hellblade to go back and get that one thing I missed, I played it all in sixty frames per second. Yeah, played way better. Looked significantly worse. Well, I think that's just because you're playing it up to checkerboard, right? Like you're not playing it at 1080p like I was. Yeah, no, I was playing on a 4K with right. all that uh, that's, stuff. That's it was, wild, no, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. almost triple at that point, I guess. Well, triple would be pretty much the right uh, uh, resolution, right? Because if it's du- if it's doubled, it's it's 1440. He says he wants pre-rendered cutscenes back to throw in. Uh, that's interesting because I do like what God of War did with one camera pull uh, and always making every moment feel like it was seamlessly transitioning. That was incredibly cool, and it's something I didn't even realize I wanted as much as I as I did until I really got I given it. I don't it. want pre-rendered cutscenes back just because they're striking against. That's me. also something that Hellblade did, though. To well, be fair, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, don't you think they're more striking against motion capture and non-rendered uh, cutscenes? What do you mean? Like, there's a striking uh, difference. Between what? You say motion Oops. capture? Yes. I guess I'm How do you to... cut this? I, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I was just... 
okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I, I guess I don't know what you mean. Uh, what What do you mean by using? <laughs> what do you mean Sorry, like guys. using? So mo- if a cutscene's pre-rendered and, the, and then the the rest of the game is not, does that not throw you off? Oh, it depends because a pre-rendered cutscene can still be motion captured. I know that, but I'm just saying if the rest of the game is not motion captured. Well, yeah, I guess I don't know of an example where the cutscene was motion captured, but the rest of the game wasn't. What about the game that is motion captured? Well, when I say that, not? most games have some form of keyframe animation. Yeah, um, but they still have a lot of motion capture to to, to fill in the gaps. Now, what, what he said, not in God of War, but you could do so much with pre-rendered cutscenes that you have you can have even better graphics, better animations. That is sure. that's true. Um, I would rather, but play that a cinematic... seamlessness is is interesting, and I think again, that's one of the things that's hard to put options in. Yeah, and but... see, this is like uh, Kiki says. I'd rather play a cinematic game based at thirty frames per seconds with high resolution than a more action based game at sixty frames. I, I think the that's pro- a, that's exactly where the, I'm at. The problem here is that you're comparing a cinematic game versus an action based game. What is like? I don't understand. Well, it's not a problem. Man. It's what I'm saying. Some games we're already getting no, 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 that. No, no, this no. But I'm just talking about like. What I'm trying to say is that the cinematic games are going to be at 60 frames at a higher resolution. Is it a big deal for people to not have the 30 frames per second over the higher resolution? Well, by nature of what you're doing, you're going to give up some resolution and some but kind of power not, that goes overhead but somewhere. I hate to, to be to do to get 60 frames per second. I hate to be this. So if I want to be highly cinematic and I want to be as push that graphical boundary as hard as you possibly can because that's what this game is really focused on, then I should be able to say 30 frames per second and use the rest of that stuff that I'm not using in the 60 frames per second to push that as far I, as you can. I hate to be this person though, but have you noticed that only PlayStation fans say this? Well, no, no, Xbox, not necessarily. I have never once seen an Xbox person say they prefer 30 for more cinematic. Well, also, it might be because they have nothing cinematic. What, what cinematic game yeah. besides? And, but and, PC and players sadly, certainly don't say that. Quanti- well, PC players, that's because the whole, again, we're talking about communities you can hear from. To be honest, I've never heard a Sony fan, but I don't frequent enough things. I've never heard Sony people say they want 30 frames per second. I'm a Sony person, and I just said it. Kiki. And Kiki did. But he also didn't say he wants only that. He's saying a very specific game. That's why I asked him. Type. That's why I asked him. Yeah. That's why I was asking if. You would rather, and a higher field of view is also what I want. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Adjustable field of view? Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say adjustable, yeah. Because I know not everybody likes 90 or um, 60, I think, is the base now. And 120 is the max, if I'm correct. Or it might be 90 is the max. Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I want to see where you're going with that Sony thing, real quick. Because I mean, I've never once seen a Microsoft fan say they would prefer um, 30 or 60 frames over 30. Okay, I've so never... I'm going to give you like a, a serious, true answer for myself that I mean, this is all based off of me. I played Quantum Break on PC. Right. All right. Quantum Break, first of all, not near as good of a looking game as it should have been. No. Uh, it had a lot of problems with like the weird. Was weird. Well, it had like w- things they used as like pros processing added a lot of weird uh, effects. Because I was playing on a graphics card that had that could handle everything. Uh, I went in and turned that game to thirty frames per second because I was. I did, again, I was playing it, and the way that game is and the way it handles everything, I did not feel a noticeable difference that made 60 frames per second worth it in terms of what I wanted, which is a game is highly cinematic. It's one of the only Xbox games I can think of that are highly cinematic in the same vein as what you'd expect from like a Naughty Dog game. Um, and I even on a PC that could handle 60, I went back and went to 30. Uh, another example of a game I did that on, because it's a game that is not fast-paced enough for me to feel the difference, Tomb Raider, whenever I played Rise of the Tomb Raider on my computer, I ended up going up in the graphical settings because the game... Nah, yeah, I was there. I, I watched yeah. you play at 4K, but it was 30. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I enjoyed it. And I went to 1440, 60, and I could play it. It but I was seems, like, huh. it just seems like out of all, out of every fan base in any console history, and nobody that, has used yeah. cinematic... 30 frames per second as a thing. 
as as a as an argument over 60 frames except the playstation community and i, I just i don't know if that's something that everybody's aware of that i'm not aware of or something like and i and i'm still so he's saying in world then saying i would never pick 30 over 60 if the graphics are the same that's probably true for me too but there's not an experience i've seen that that's true of because of the way games are optimized right. to give you that 60 and they're having to pull back well, somewhere else and that's what i'm hoping for if they can ever get and I, but you can't the games are no, the games are going to be optimized in such a way that when you take when you go to sixty, there's no way th- with the way that processing power works, you only have so much. And if you're you cannot have a game that will look the exact same as it does at thirty frames per second, four K, no, no, as I'm it would at four K sixty. Of it paying at ten eighty p sixty. Well, ten eighty p maybe, but you said four K sixty is going to be this new standard, and that's not. If no, you're if you're at four K next gen, are you saying the next gen past that? No, no, I'm saying in six years. Okay, but that's technically next gen. That's well into the that next could, gen. That, we don't know that though. That could that next gen could have the mid cycle like the pro and have this. That, that's, okay, that's my that's predict, not a, okay, that's my prediction okay. in six years. Six that's not ago, a standard at that point then. So still the standard for this generation is 1080-30, and that's still not even getting hit. For this generation. Uh, and even with the PS4 Pro, six years it's ago, still 1080-30 because the Pro is not a new generation. It's just a small iteration that some people are hopping into. Right. And, uh, and that's years, why I say the generation standard is 1080-30, right. and we're not even hitting that across the board, but it's the most it's the most hit number that we see. Right. And I know, and to get back to what I was saying, is that six years ago, you would not have believed if I told you there was going to be PS4 that could hit 4K. Yeah. I'm just saying that the world in which he talks about, which is if the graphics would be the exact same regardless, which is not going to happen no. unless you purposely go in and limit the game somewhere, right. uh, and which which is possible, but it, it's not the but it's then not the common. It's definitely not going to happen in exclusives where they're trying to push this envelope to look, the, you know, which is definitely something that Sony's aware of and trying to do. Yeah. with their developers, they want to push that graphical envelope and that immersion envelope, and people say different things about immersion, and there is something about seeing something on screen that looks so crisp and so beautiful that you almost reach feel like you could reach out and touch. It. That's a weird thing, and I like it in games that are trying to be cinematic. Games that are not trying to be cinematic, I don't care. Guacamelee has an art style that it sticks to, and because of that, it can play at 30 or 60, no problem, and right. it wouldn't change anything. And I would I would choose 60 in that situation because the graphics would be the same, but that's not what you're going to see in a high-level game. In a high-level game, it's trying to push everything to its boundary. Something has to give, so I can never say that, oh, yeah, I can choose 60 frames per second because it won't affect the graphics. It will have. Yeah, for this gen, for sure. That's what I'm saying by next gen because, I mean, think about you it. You still only have so much processing power even when you – even when you ex- – when, when you're you, talking about one thing, I'm talking about another. I'm talking about the, the standard of being 60 frames, not both – not being able to do both at okay. the same resolution. That's not going to happen for a while now. That's not... Well, yeah, but even... I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you do it that way, it, it doesn't matter. So even if I'm doing 60 frames locked, but I'm on 1080p, well, I have a 4K TV, and it's going to... And I, when I play 1080p content on it, I see a slightly noticeable thing because you're trying to stretch an image to fit this 4K. I... Partially, it's because I... I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but I adopted into 4K. So now, since I'm there, whatever comes next... I And there, since we already have a Pro, which is kind of hitting it, and right. we have the Xbox One X that's hitting it even more, I want the next generation to be able to do something for that 4K. And I'm sure they will, but... That, so when but, I'm when I'm working on 4K as my baseline resolution at that point, right? And if that's now their baseline resolution, and I can go, okay, since this is our resolution that we're hitting on... Uh, and maybe we can say that the baseline resolution goes down to like 1440p or 1800p, whatever. But it's not going to happen baseline. that way. Yeah. Let's just call no baseline way. a 4K, even though they're probably going to be that powerful. But look, 4K, 
right? And then they go, okay, so you have 4K30 and 4K60. Games that are 4K60 may happen. They're action games that are oriented for it, and they do a lot of tricks to make sure that it keeps that 60 frames per second up. It's optimized to make sure the game fits that style the most. If I go to a cinematic game, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm going to pull power from somewhere because it doesn't matter what kind of game you're making. That's if the game has that option. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but no matter what game you're making, unless you're putting a false limitation somewhere to keep it from going further, then you're not going to have the same graphical output just with a different frames per second. So it's never going to matter. Right. In but that sense. That's, but, but that's what I'm, that's what I was getting at in the, in the kind of the beginning is that with what we have now, 1080p 60 is the standard and 4k 30 4k 30 4k 60 will be the minority as you said you had early adopted it there are more people with 1080p tvs than 4ks yes and, and that's so, still going to be true going to the next generation right. though it's still shifting well i'm curious to see what uh by, christmas this year looks like two years from now i think 4k will be the standard uh, easily there will be 6k and 8k which the well yeah 8k is already getting ready to the go PS5 to the market five so. mid-gen cycle re- will will be able to hit but uh, to end this, Kiki says, I think next gen will have 4K and 60 frames per second as a standard since I feel that's why the, PS- the Pro and the Xbox are testing at this moment. Late, 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 late next gen after a mid-console refresh for sure. No way at launch. Um, no way. Um, without sacrificing a lot. Oh, too much. I, I'm not going to say a lot. I'm just going to say too much. I, I, I'm, it's, it really it depends on who you have working on what. I think first parties will do a lot. I think first part is you have to lean on the most Xbox's first party since they're buying up certain well, studios. He says that's a standard. Yeah, yeah. So a standard across. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break standard into two things. I think you'll have a I think you have an exclusive standard, and I think you'll have a third party standard. And I don't think the third party standard will be 4K no, 60. Four K. No, it'll be 1080p 60 for third for certain for certain. As the baseline, I think that there's a there's a chance that 4K 30 is is hit next gen as a baseline. Of for course, most games. and it's more affordable. At a more affordable price point than right now, too. But it also may not happen because people aren't actually playing on 4K screens. So right. whatever next system still have to have some so kind of super sampling to try and make it worth it for people who have smaller TVs. Right. Or and, you know what I mean, smaller pixels. Yeah, which is why I was curious TVs. about the Pro impacting um, what the PS5 will be. I don't know. This is interesting. So, I mean, there's plenty of things that can be done to make the games look better. I don't think that we'll look back on this gen as... I think you'll look back on late this generation... As I don't think I'll be as impressed as I, as I look back on late last generation. You look back on late last gen, you see The Last of Us and stuff like that. You're more, I'll be, I'm more impressed with games like that than I will be this generation. Dude, Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know yet. Dude, with what does they it play, sh- does dude, it play good with what they show. Until showed? I get my hands on these games, sure. But from what they showed, if we're just talking about from a, you know, he's talking about the way games look and feel, right? Uh, feel we can't do, but we can definitely say look. Just like Spider Man, dude. Until Ghost of Tsushima is blowing my mind. But again. E3, weird yeah, yeah. weird things. If Ghost of Tsushima comes out looking anything close to what it did on stage when they just showed it, dude, we were both like, this is a PS5 game. Yeah, no, it, people it still looks, think that. It looks ridiculous. And that's the thing is that, but, though, but I will say though, from what the jump was made from last year to, the, or from last gen, to, from beginning to the end is a lot bigger of a jump than from this generation to the end. At least in my eyes. But, that's been it, you guys. Thank you all so much uh, for tuning in for Reader Mail. This has been a long episode. I think we're going to do some dinner. Uh, yeah, we need to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry. And uh, uh, don't forget to follow us on Triangle SQRD over there on Twitter. Or on Facebook. Facebook is the uh, Triangle Square podcast group. Or if you want to come join a Discord, we'll have it down below. You can find us on Patreon if you'd like to support us on there. Uh, we're about to have a screen that shows up uh, showing all of our patrons. Which and we, we appreciate you guys you all massively. So uh, and we until thank all the then, regular people, too. Yeah, thanks for everybody coming in and joining us. This was a very last-minute thing, um, and we'll we'll still 
talk on some of this. Uh, we'll probably carry some of these conversations over to the Discord since we know that's where you are. But until next time, this has been Triangle Squared. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks to our patrons for supporting us. Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Noonie Bird, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us, uh, the links are in the description. Thank you.